0: This is episode 118 of G.I. Joe My name is Steve. I'm joined by Paul and Cujo, and for a very, very special occasion such as this, we have JD onesie in the mix. Hello,
1: JD.
2: <laughs> How's it going, people?
0: Hey JD. All good. <laughs> Those of you listening who are not acquainted with this gentleman, he's a co-host on the General Geekery podcast, he's a part-time Joe collaborator, and a full-time friend of the channel, and he is a walking G.I. Joe encyclopedia, a very useful man to have around.
2: Yeah, I'm super nerd when it comes to this stuff. And he's potty too. <laughs> okay, JD, party trick, uh, what,
0: was, what is Backblast's file name?
2: Uh, Edward J.
0: Menninger. Oh my goodness! (laughs) Uh, Ladies and gentlemen of the audience, that was not scripted or prompted or anything. That was Hell no. Steven, think of a Joe off the top of your head and see if if JD knows his file name. And I guarantee you, it is correct. You can check that.
2: When he went to go see the army recruiter, they asked what he wanted to do and he said, where do I go to shoot airplanes out of the sky? (laughs)
0: this guy's good because
2: of course he grew up outside the JFK airport and he said he never got a full night's sleep because Mm. of the planes taking off at all hours
0: well I hope no one like Backblast happens to have an itchy trigger finger on his surface to air missile launcher the night three South Africans roll up into JFK Mm. but uh, that's enough from us Paul Cujo how are you gents on this fine evening and afternoon
3: If I can say
0: chilled (laughs) Um super chilled,
3: but it's mostly um thanks to the weather. It's quite cold up here in Joburg. So I'm wrapped in my in my blanket and I'm in front of my computer and (laughs) Uh, fumes.
0: Oh that's some great radio, Paul. Thanks, buddy. Hey is is is
2: your blanket is your blanket at least a GI Joe blanket?
0: No, but I
3: do hope to come back with a G.I. Joe blanket when we go to JoeCon. That would be super Fear cool. Failure. That thing's going to work better than birth control.
2: Uh, you got that right. Oh, wait. No, that's not how that works. Uh, I, I, don't, I have two children, and I'm a giant nerd, so not always birth control.
1: Uh,
2: yeah, in fact, speaking of which, while we're on the air, uh, if I have to mute my microphone, It's because one of my children is asking me questions because here's the thing with kids. The concept of I'm on the phone means nothing to them. They could not care less what you're doing. They're the most important thing. So, yeah, if I have to mute at all, that's why.
3: Um, Of course, dude. (laughs) I mean, and they've been quiet the whole day. It's just now that you're on a Skype call that they're going to start bugging you. Totally. Totally honest.
4: Yeah, pretty much. Well, speaking of airports and interruptions, uh, I, I live pretty close to the Long Beach airport. We've had six military jets take off in the last two days. So just on the low, we might be at war. Just, just a heads up. Um, hashtag ViperMadness at Duke four five toys on Twitter. You probably want to get a piece of that. Some good uh, Viper on Viper violence kind of. Uh...
3: <laughs> Not what I was thinking. <laughs> Carry on.
4: <laughs> last week
0: we had guy. joe on joe i suppose it's only natural we now have viper on viper
4: this year he's he's breaking out some good tweets uh drop a vote run that down steven i didn't know if you were going to bring up kindle worlds but uh just a salute to all the joe authors as kindle worlds uh closes down uh, did you hear that jet or actually that's an airplane um <laughs> but uh no, I, th- I think uh, in the near future, let- let's either get some people that have read those stories or the writers if they are available. Just shout up some Joe Authors. Uh, cheers, guys. Um, sorry, that's getting taken down.
0: Is Kindle World... Yeah, it's coming to okay. an end. Okay, why is it getting taken down? Is Hasbro circling the wagons? Are they pulling in all their IP?
2: No, it's, it's Kindle Worlds altogether, no matter what fan. The platform. Of. It doesn't matter. Yeah, they're shutting it down.
0: You know,
3: there's only so many book covers with art from it was very amateur art from DeviantArt that the the world can take. Before <laughs> the bubble finally burst on that one.
0: Jeez, kept positivity over here.
1: Yeah.
4: <laughs> that's Sorry. one thing that Hasbro got right this time around is is I I think a a Stiletto like a Stiletto action figure came out of those books, which, you know, that's a big win for an independent uh, creator. Yeah, that's no. cool. Yeah, so sure so is. cheers to those guys. Just another G.I. Joe show. I've not checked their thread lately, but I want to send a shout-out to uh, Shattered Glass. But I do have a question. You have your Twitter name as Top Shelf Rick, but your at is Shattered Glass. Is Top Shelf your, your code name? Just curious, man. That sounds more like G.I. Joe. Uh, let's see. Oh, and just a last, last but uh, not least is uh, Joe Photography tweets. I think we're living in the golden age uh, of Joe Photography, really.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um,
4: just a couple names to run down. Uh, Dragon Fortress. Always dropping these Yeah, I see you. I love action. that guy's vlog. I just discovered it recently. That's good shit.
3: No, Dragon Fortress is awesome, and he's a big uh, fan of G.I. burger as well, so...
4: Yeah, shout out to Dustin. Action figure junkie. I want to say he's he was at that uh, Pasadena toy convention last month. I missed that. I was out of town. But... He drops visceral, visceral G.I. Joe pictures. Don't miss those. And, of course, you got Plastic Battles, who's in the strength of 100 days, 100 G.I. Joe pics. Damn. Yeah.
3: Hmm. yeah so, he's blowing my Instagram up. So. It's uh,
4: He's definitely uh, pasting the... Uh, like,
3: literally blowing it up. He's got explosions and everything.
4: <laughs> G.I. Joe Beard tweet awards in your future, maybe. Um, a couple other names that just kind of bump around is... uh. Special Missions Force isn't playing. Great contrast, great photography, and also just like clockwork, new order today every Sunday with a new Cobra picture. So, I see you guys, you in the timeline, that's all Joe Community for me.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, my Joe Community circles back to GI <laughs> because uh, we're recording this on Sunday the 20th of... Uh, May, and I've just hit the publish button on Atlantis Factor Part 5.
3: That's blowing up.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm enjoying uh, watching the the comments roll in and the views. I mean, the next time we do one of these, we really should have a live YouTube sort of thing to accompany it. So we can respond to people uh, in real time, as opposed to me having to sit on the toilet responding, (laughs) you know, laboriously (laughs) to comments like every single morning. You know, it's my ritual. It's, it literally is my morning ritual to roll out of bed and respond to comments from the night before.
2: While you're on the shitter.
0: Boy, on the shitter. What else are you supposed to do? I mean, I used to read comic books on the can. Now, now it, it's like the mobile. The mobile. You can never get rid of it. But what is very fun and exciting about this particular episode, I want to do more of them. But I want the cost and vehicles and equipment and the scenario that we eventually weave the story around to be decided by our viewers. (laughs) So for this week only, if anyone contributes $5 or more to our GoFundMe, they will carry a vote in the following categories of Heroes, Villains, Vehicles and Equipment and The Scenario. And I'll put the options up uh, probably, well, everywhere G.I. Joe has its uh, tentacles. Just to entice entice those um, <laughs> those five bucks from people's pockets.
2: I swear to God, nobody better nominate any any of the motorized action packs for it, because come on now, things are ridiculous.
0: The Core are going to find uh, a, a slot. Uh, right. Megatron, Megatron, G2 Megatron, I want to get him yes. into
2: Sir, that's my favorite yeah, version of Megatron, and it's all Larry Hama's fault, so... Oh, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, the, well. the
0: green and
3: purple and ready to have fun, that one.
2: Uh, yep. Yeah. yeah. That with, the, uh, with the revived oh, Dr. Mindbender, revived, cloned, whatever. He was a cyborg. It was awesome. Some good stuff.
0: Anyways, that could all find its way in. I'll even, if popular vote decides it, uh throw in some modern era figures. And Ew. I... Well, it's gonna, it's gonna, it could happen, um, but but equally likely, if I if I make this an option, I bet it's gonna get every single vote. Uh, if the USS flag is the the vehicle or slash setting for the video, everyone's gonna be like, yeah, 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 do a video yeah. on the flag. Yeah. So yeah, I'm gonna paint myself in a corner there. It's gonna be an absolute ball ache to get that bad boy set up again, but <laughs> it's worth it for Joe beach, YouTube. Oh, don't do oh, that to me, Paul. Shit, I didn't say I, that. Fuck. I haven't built the fiberglass hull yet. Oh, <laughs> that shit. That thing won't float otherwise, okay? Wait for me to finish it. we just need
3: a buy a boogie board. <laughs> Two boogie boards and just stitch them together. No, I'm kidding. No. We're not going to put it in the sea. No. <laughs>
0: While I have the mic, I'm just going to keep rolling because um, we got new shit as well. It it, uh, it pains me that Rob isn't uh, isn't present right now, but anyone who did catch our live event knows that Dan Shemansky of Quality Joe's sent us a care package with some fantastic goodies, uh, some of which will find its way to Paul, uh, not yet, because uh, we're actually going to meet up in person uh, prior to JoeCon. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so he'll be getting getting his goodies at lo- long last. You got some pterodrome parts, Paul? And also uh, a hammer, which I, I which I covet. I a... yeah. <laughs> I've i oiled your hammer a lot. <laughs> it, it no uh, longer needed squeaks. Oiling. <laughs> it needed some oil in some strategic positions. Jay, do you have a, a hammer? Can you uh, attest to its uh, squeakiness? Greatness.
2: I do not have a hammer, but I did just recently get the brawler. Which was oh, okay. the repaint of it.
0: Yeah, with a gigantic uh, multi missile launcher it stole from the, uh, the battle wagon almost. I mean, yeah, I, new... I,
2: I think I'm going to get one of the vintage pieces that fits in that slot because, ew. I mean, it might have <laughs> been okay if it had been about half the size that it was, but that thing is gargantuan. It's ridiculous. Uh,
0: in the same vein, and, you know, I, I am very grateful to Dan for hooking me up. But he gave me a, a stem for my warthog, you know, a missile stem. That's oh, cool. Mine, my childhood one was broken out of the box. So I've never had a functioning missile stem for my, my warthog. But I am so accustomed to it having a lower profile without the stem that Now it like, looks I almost, weird. I, yeah, I don't want to plug it in. I sort of just like rested <laughs> on top there and I'm like, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm not committing. I'm not committing. I'm going well, to keep it just... Just put it in, Steve. Just the tip, man. Just put the no,
2: tip. No, I'm not doing it. Cause it locks down, and those tabs might break. Just put Chuckles on the Warthog. He just throw the missiles around.
0: <laughs> but that's the thing, man. It doesn't need missiles in the in the milieu of like GI Joe vehicles that 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 that, that it kind of shares its year with. Uh, the Warthog is, as we all know, extremely realistic and could find its way in the sort of the OG 13 setup. Except for that gigantic missile stick. <laughs> you know, gigantic orange missiles do not, uh, you know, a very low-profile, stealthy uh, armored vehicle make.
2: Well, that's why the repaint of it from the a Real American Hero Collection was so
1: badass-looking. The I black
2: mean, one, the rhino. And then it had the silver repainted missile, so, I mean, at least, at least it was subtle.
3: <laughs> yeah, I love the subtlety of the silver missiles no uh, it's a
0: cool vehicle once again you can remove them
3: it's funny you mentioned that vehicle because uh, mine came from Dan Szymanski uh, when Steve and I did a an order an eBay order long ago that's uh, actually the first time I think we made contact with uh, Dan Szymanski and he he let us know about that
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Wahoo, now who now a lawnmower <laughs> oh dear suburbia yeah, sorry
2: I'll try to move away from that's
0: all good, Just a Rock said man. Neighbors. <laughs> yeah, so... Talking
2: about... Jokon?
0: Yes?
2: I'm ready
4: to talk about Jokon. JD, you're really muffled, man. Unless...
3: Hang on. Unless the lawnmower man got you.
4: <laughs> this is like the JD experience. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> 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 oh, yeah, man. honestly, brother, it's all gravy. Just, you're good, you're good. Ain't no problem, I can't fix it. No, nope. in the mix. Jocon's getting closer. People are talking about hooking up. Different ways to make contact. Steven, what's kind of like the general consensus on how to hook up with people? They're going to Jocon.
0: The general consensus is it's a great idea. <laughs> but uh, if you want to know the means by which we're going to hook up with people, uh, I I would stress uh, joining our Facebook group. I'm going to be updating that as we go. Uh, I know you're on the Twitter uh, side of things, Cooge. I might do the odd update there as well, just uh, so that our greater Twitter following uh, doesn't doesn't miss out. I, I'd like to stress that, you know, we are making a road trip of it from uh, New York to Chattanooga and then back via Washington, D.C. into New York again, taking place over, like, 10 days. So if you're on the way there exists the possibility of stitching together like a G.I. Joe Berg road show. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: you
0: know? uh, we certainly want to visit all the cool toy destinations between those two spots, and I get personally very excited about the prospect of going to the Air and Space Museum in Washington and seeing the, the Blackbird SR-71, amongst other killer exhibits. I mean, like, there ain't no museum like an American museum, you guys just do it bigger, better, badass, because you got all the cool toys, man.
4: Our lives are pretty good.
0: Yep. Well, what Rob doesn't know is, is that uh,
3: unfortunately he couldn't make it to tonight's podcast, but uh, i had set up a certain condition if uh, whoever couldn't make it on tonight's podcast is going to wear the bell. So Rob's going to wear <laughs> a bell outside JoeCon with a big <laughs> sign that says G.I. Joeberg's here. And well, he's going to ring it around be like, bring out dead,
0: kind of thing. <laughs> Does that answer your question, Kujo? You?
4: Kind of. I think uh, whatever hashtag uh, they promote, and by they I mean uh, the Collectors Club, if if we also want to drop one that's like hashtag lastjoekon, just bump that. And if you're there, we'll find you. Uh, I don't know if people are going to meet up for meals or... Or just kind of—I know there's a park right near the convention center. I, I don't, you know, or the convention floor, whichever. I do believe the finest
0: are hosting their event at the hotel bar on the Friday night. Uh, that I assume is a must-go social engagement.
4: I like that. Also, mm. a night before that, Thursday night, check on Word Burglar's uh, social media. He's hooked up. I don't know if it's an open mic. But that guy made a whole G.I. Joe album. If this is the last G.I. Joe con, you're going to want to hear that guy rap. You know you are.
3: Uh, that does great.
4: A rap Viper, damn it. Rap Viper is the coolest rap song ever.
3: It is good. It's cool that he's doom, making
4: sorry. it. I, I did mention just another G.I. Joe show earlier. The dude that runs that squad over there, I think he's bringing a print. I think he's giving it away, kind of like a keepsake. I don't know that he's giving it away. It could be, uh, you know, something to pay for the printing, whatever. Y- you know, there's going to be a couple prints floating around. I'm going to bring one as well. Uh, find us, get one signed, and let's just uh, make this event what it should be—just a bunch of cool cats getting together and ladies, or you know, whatever.
3: Cat it's mm-hmm. I, I don't know what. Yeah, I don't know what the
0: cool slang for that is.
4: Well, I'm um, I'm out too. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, we've got
0: a topic tonight. Oh just in case you uh just randomly hit play on this podcast and you're like, these guys are just a bunch of hot air. They don't seem to have any purpose to this podcast at all.
2: Especially when I'm on (laughs) uh,
0: No no. We have a very distinct purpose. Since our collections were in their infancy, we have all grappled with a very important question. We got vehicles, we got figures But who sits where? How do you man your vehicles? Do you go by the box art? Do you go by the action figure's specialities? Do you go by whoever the hell your favorite figure is and you put him in the gunner's seat? Or is it best to be in the pilot's seat? I don't know. We're about to tackle these and other burning questions. The format is as follows. Each of us have been tasked with selecting a land, sea, and air vehicle. Which we've kept secret from the other three. Until now. Until now. (laughs) We're going to unveil our lists and you, dear listener, can ponder with us as we try and determine who our ideal complement of figures would be for the respective vehicles. Who's going to go first? Oh, 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 and I just thought of this on the fly. (laughs) The most original, creative figure selection and placement we can nominate uh, whichever one sounds most original and then vote at the end. And the winner gets a prize. Uh Somebody's picking up. (laughs) (laughs) Well, not for you, Cooch. (laughs) Because the prize is totally like a smooch from your girlfriend.
2: Alright.
0: I'm just pointing her off.
2: (laughs) You know what's sad is he didn't even argue with
0: that. (laughs) Cooch is all like yeah,
3: Cujo's all like, oh, God, thank, what? thank God I don't have to get into a knife fight for it this time.
2: So. <laughs> yeah, but Mrs. Cujo might protest.
3: Ms. Cujo is, yeah, well, she seemed key.
0: Well,
4: mine's in <laughs> Australia. Paul hates his. <laughs> Luckily, you'll all get a chance to meet her. So you can see how fierce she is. Uh, I let her fight her own battles, but she knows I have fight. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I look forward to meeting Mrs. Cujo. That works. Yeah. Okay. Oh wow. Jeez, bro. And you heard it here on G I Joeberg. Oh wow. <laughs> the
2: proposal.
4: <Yeah. laughs> Who's going first? Okay. Yeah. Who
2: draws not a vehicle?
4: No, I. I'm <laughs> saving my vehicle.
0: <laughs> okay. Uh. All right. I'll I'll kick this one off, you bastards. I'm gonna crack it open. Uh, you know, as the song suggests, land and sea and air. We're gonna go with the thunderclap first. Uh, hailing from the year 1989 it's a mobile artillery piece with a tractor and trailer vehicle and plenty of positions for figures to be seated and also foot pegs for them to stand uh i'm not going to insist you guys assign all of them but maybe hey if that's your thing if you like to have guys on the running boards cool have at it but uh i think the burning question for the thunderclap is are there enough artillery men in G.I. Joe, (laughs) to fully man and operate this thing.
2: Uh, I'd say so.
0: Alright, Jay. What you got for me, brother?
2: Well, let's see. Oh, okay. Long range, he's the commander of it, so he's not going to be firing the artillery pieces. Uh, but that giant atomic Annie thing that's on it, (laughs) uh, I would probably think that would be best manned by Backblast. Hmm.
0: Interesting. Anti-aircraft trooper... On the artillery piece. Uh, I can see where you're going with that. I mean, what's cool is he comes from that year and he looks the parts. Yeah, and he's motivated.
3: Hmm.
0: <laughs> but I, I'm, I'm going to query like moving long range off the chair. I mean, that chair is ridiculous, but if that's how you fire the gun, uh, surely the guy who is most qualified as an artillery trooper... I mean, long range, it's it, like his fire card goes on about how he can, like, drop it with pinpoint accuracy over huge distances. Who else has got a suggestion for uh, crew? Downtown. Downtown, <laughs> that's a good one.
2: Yeah, good yeah. choice.
0: I mean, just because you're an infantryman doesn't mean you're. I mean, he is an artilleryman, he just carries portable artillery.
2: Yep. Good choice. Yeah. Also from that year.
0: Yeah. Oh, and without his helmet, he's
3: a cool looking figure. I think.
2: Um, what you don't like the giant strawberry on his head? What's <laughs>
3: not to like?
2: Oh, yeah, that thing's ridiculous. I mean, it, it looks so cool in the card art, and then, and then the actual accessory is just this big rubber giant like safety helmet, and by safety I mean window liquor type. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you uncalled, heard it for, uncalled for. Uncalled <laughs> for. I don't feel bad. Um. Nice.
3: <laughs> yeah, you're just promoting safety. I get it. Um, which brings <laughs> us to another future topic, uh, G.I. Joe helmets that need to be improved. Anyway, but yeah, I think Del- Downtown looks the part. I think he's he's a great-looking toy. Um, his color scheme, I feel, marries kind of well with the, uh, I nearly call it the armadillo, with the Thunderclap. And his speciality does actually benefit in this case. I mean, he's a he's a mortar trooper, so yeah. So he's got a good idea of trajectories. And I, I can't think of any more uh, any other reasons why he shouldn't be on there.
0: Okay, we got three guys so far. Uh, plenty of positions for them to sit in. Where do they Where do they park their rumps? Well, oh,
4: yeah. If, if sorry. I'm putting somebody on there, no, that's alright. It depends on where where you see the thunderclap and what environment, but. I just think aesthetically, I would go Snow Job as one of the drivers of those separate little snowcats or whatever. Or the kind of reminds me of uh, the thing, you know.
3: Oh, I was like, gonna say the same thing. So yeah,
4: nice. I, I'd, I'd go Snow Job behind the wheel.
0: Well, so far is uh, leading the charge on uh, originality points. <laughs> I think the Thunderclap hails from a period where pretty much all the Joe armor and vehicles had like a kind of almost desert. It seemed like they were more geared towards, yeah, like hotter climbs than, than colder climbs.
2: Yeah, Amazing. but they're all military personnel. I mean, they're going to go where they're called. And I think there's no reason why Snow Job wouldn't be just as effective in other environments as he is in the snow. I mean, it wouldn't be his preference, but I mean, I can totally see him in desert camo fatigues and
0: with that, mm.
2: you know, with that red beard, and, I mean, he is a qualified sniper, <laughs> so he, he's going to go where he's needed.
0: And that name, <laughs> I don't know, his his name seems to always, like, catch him as a snow trooper, I, you know, even though it has nothing to do necessarily with snow. What is a snow job, guys, and it's what a era does that, ha- yeah, but what, when does that hail from? Uh, sounded like it was, okay. yeah Card games. Like poker. Yeah.
2: Poker type a stuff,
0: yeah. <laughs> and is that how you'd use it in a sentence? Pulling a snow job?
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Stop snow jobbing me, man. You're, you're actually, like
3: now that you've mentioned it, you're actually going to hear it a lot in movies. You'll be surprised how often the term actually gets used. Especially in a lot of um, 80s Can't and me. 90s uh, con and uh, and highest uh, movies. Uh, movie
4: starring Rock Hudson and whatnot,
3: yeah, and so on and yeah, so forth.
4: Something a little bit
0: earlier than 80s and 90s. No, 40.
3: you really? you definitely hear it in the 80s and stuff. It, I think it's even mentioned in Ocean's Eleven. Uh, I think the the term was used then. I remember hearing it and going, oh shit, I know that, I know the that. The original
0: term. Ocean's Eleven was not from not the, the original.
2: 80s. No, he's talking uh, about the remake
0: with uh,
3: the remake, which is a late uh, well, it's an early 2000s, late 90s film. Around there, sorry, I'm not like specific with that. But like, you you will hear it, and you'll definitely hear it in films that have a setting, which is in the 70s. Like, I or, I, I think
0: even I, fargo I, I hope it. I hope you're right, man. I hope you're right because I, I mean, like, I've been aware of that term ever since I've known the character, and I've never heard it used in any other setting than GI Joe. No,
1: yeah, I hmm.
3: heard it. I've heard it once or twice, like, well once or twice, about five times at least. But yeah. I've got another character to put onto this bad boy. Please um, do. And, and I'm looking at the box art and I thought I was like totally cool, but I see downtown is already here on the box art. So yay. Um, I don't know why a snake eyes is there, but I suppose had a seat to fill. This is going to be a toy that hails from the '90s. That's Duke. You know, uh, I can never remember which version it is. It's the Duke that has the giant cannon that he like has to straddle. <laughs> uh, oh, from
2: 1992.
3: Yeah. Yeah, so I reckon uh, him for the, the one of the back yellow guns. I think he would be great nice. for that. Yeah, I think. Uh, hmm. Besides, they need command structure there. I mean, you can't just have Thunderclap. I mean, you need somebody responsible there to, to answer to to the top brass, you know what I mean?
0: <laughs> so, is Snowjob uh, in one of the tracked vehicles and Long Range in the other?
3: Uh, can Long Range walk and shoot gum at the same time? Because, I mean, he's going to be running around in that thing and shooting the gun in, like, five different directions, and telling people <laughs> what to do. So you have to be, well, like, super coordinated.
2: Well, as I say, have cross-country drive the other one.
0: Nice. Yeah, get an armor specialist. That's what I was going to uh, suggest yeah, I mean, to you, gents. Yeah, mm. either,
2: either cross-country or Steeler. And, yeah. well, Steeler would help with the command, too, because he's an officer.
0: Mm, nice. Yeah, put him up front there. He's a tank commander. Cool. Leaving long-range to ride the cannon, literally. <laughs>
2: And because he's so forgettable, they might not miss him if he goes missing. So, <laughs> um.
0: Here's something that, that always bugged me about the Thunderclap when I was playing with it. It's got four shells sort of lying spare inside the, the cavity of the cannon, that sort of bucket. Uh, there's a shell ejecting feature, but who's loading the shells into the gun? I mean obviously you are as a as a child playing with it but like in the the fictional reality of your your playtime who's standing back there feeding the gigantic orange shell into the back of that cannon is there a Joe like lowly enough for that to be their job to be the artillery loader
4: somebody with some earmuffs on
0: <laughs> Yeah it
4: nice. can't be uh it
0: can't be what oh
3: wait it can be God, I need to call the monkey range Not monkey range
0: uh, wild card <laughs> nice your favorite Paul. my yep. absolute favorite he's definitely got some hearing protection i i agree and it kind of goes some ways to explain how you know his uniform's so fucked up yeah there you go <laughs> but would wild card be able to break the thunderclap's cannon hmm true on that one jens but I'm pretty. Nah, uh, it's, I'm, it's too I,
2: big. It's too big for him to break by himself.
0: Nice, nice. Slam that uh, that back gates on the gun as hard as you want. It's not going to break off. I'm pretty, uh, pretty satisfied with my thunderclap setup, Jens. Thanks for helping me out there. <laughs> Who's next?
3: Oh, uh, uh, yeah, you go. I'm dying to hear what vehicle JD throws at us. I'm dying to and terrified.
2: <laughs> All right we're going to start out <laughs> we're going to start out with the sea lion from the Palatoy Action Force line
3: okay well just please give me five minutes to google search that <laughs>
2: go to Blood for the Baron they have a whole toy archive and they've got uh, I think like 30 pictures of the sea lion
3: I've got about 30 pictures of sea lions here but I not suppose not Those sea
2: lions um, I mean, uh, the cool one.
4: Mm-hmm. That those Goofy oh, Seal stuff. Wow. The Action Force one? Yes. Wow. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. Q, Q-, 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 Q- Force. Yep, great one. I got this one. I- yep. It's a trainer.
2: Two driver slots and two rover things.
4: It's a
3: cool vehicle.
2: Yeah, it's a badass looking vehicle. and I'd love to own one someday, but they're hard to come by, and it's not even an expense thing. It's a—they're uh, rare to find
4: out on the secondary market. This thing huh. just screams uh, Team Zisu. I think you got it. You got to put, <laughs> put wetsuit V1 wetsuit somewhere in there. <laughs>
0: yeah. Do the side uh, pods detach?
2: Yes. Yes, they oh, do. Yeah they, yeah, they can be remote operated or they can be uh, driven. I smell there a
3: conspiracy. Is. I think the hammerhead cribbed from this thing.
2: <laughs> uh it probably took well the bug may have too because it's got the two jet skis that attached to it they may very well have taken some inspiration from it because i could see it and you know i've seen vehicles like that in movies before so um yeah i mean well let's see Dolphin often drove it like he was the he was the driver that was packed with it it was the gray zappery paint but even if you don't want to use Dolphin, I agree with the with the wetsuit choice. Uh, and if Dolphin's not available, Deep Six should drive it.
0: Hang on, wasn't Dolphin?
2: Uh... Yeah, it was a Zap paint.
0: Was wasn't he one of the? Really? Oh, yeah, damn. He's,
2: yeah, yeah, he's all gray. Uh, yeah, he's yeah, he's a zappy paint. Um, he's often confused with Moon Dancer, who was the gray short fuse repaint.
0: Hang on, Jay. I mean, I I, I I, don't have a leg to stand on here because I don't own this vehicle and I have very, very little actual uh, brushings with it. But didn't it come included with a, a straight arm, uh, well, you know, a, 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 an action force, a pally toy, my yeah, point of articulation uh, yeah, guy? The, uh,
2: I think it was the first Dolphin figure. The second Dolphin yeah. release was the gray repaint of that. Oh, man. Um,
0: well, I quite like that. Initial dolphin.
2: Yeah, well, so do I. That's why I suggested, like Deep Six, like version two, as as the next best, as the next best choice. Um, Nice. uh, And no, I don't mean the stupid, uh, stupid hunk of plastic one. I mean the, you know, the deep sea diver version.
0: Um, Oh, we know you absolutely love the shark. Oh
2: yeah. God, it's the worst vehicle in the entire line, but. I'm not going into that rant again. Not again. I don't have the strength. Not
4: again. Not
2: again.
0: Um, JD, I think I'm going to push Deep Six out of the vehicle and onto those side sleds, because he's dressed adequately to perform at those depths. All
1: right. Uh, All right.
4: Good point.
0: Like exposed exposed to the elements. Uh, but then who would his counterpart be on the other one? Could you got anything for us?
4: I, I think Wetsuit is a natural pick. Um, mm. So he's yeah he's got short sleeves it looks like that adventure era
0: that works for me but if they were heading to even even deeper depths i don't know i i I fell to oh wait oh well it's another deep six uh the the version the eco eco warriors version
2: yeah it's Hmm. deep six but i've never been able to see that figure as deep six um (laughs) i i you know what he was one of those many figures released those years that i swear to god was supposed to be somebody else and he just ended up with a previously used code name and file filename. Uh,
1: yep.
2: I've never been able to see that figure as Deep Six. Um, uh, well, for one, he's got a dolphin for an animal companion, and if you read his file card, he is not. He is a social reject from both people and presumably animals. I mean, he is hes a lone wolf in terms of he doesn't need anybody else uh, to do... You know, to do his, you know, the operations that he's assigned to, and I cannot see him having an animal companion. I've always (laughs) thought that Eco Warriors Deep Six was just supposed to be somebody else. I I got the sense that he was supposed to be a lot like Clean Sweep and Ozone, where he was supposed to be a new addition to the Joe team, and for whatever reason, they Mm. just didn't end up doing that.
0: Yeah, a guy who worked with animals... You know, perhaps someone who, like a, a zoologist or someone a marine yeah, exactly. biologist who worked, yeah, yeah, that would that would work a lot better in a, an outfit like Eco Warriors.
3: His name is probably Shane. Like, hi, I'm Shane. Shane.
0: Yeah, I'm a I'm a I'm a marine biologist. <laughs> <laughs> it just Sorry. dawned on me that uh, the sea line has included diving masks. Hey. Have you guys yeah. made your eyes on, on those? They make me look like barbecue. <laughs> I'm going to nominate a, a diver character that didn't have a mask of his own. That's version one, Torpedo. Ah. Ah, yeah,
2: yes. Uh. Yeah, good choice.
0: And I do like the contrasting black and gray on a black and gray vehicle. Like He's kind of well-suited for it. I, I don't know. I choose Torpedo.
3: So I'm, I'm kind of playing an angle now because I've, I've settled into my rhythm. I am going to play this from my childhood a little bit because when we were kids, we didn't exactly have the widest range of GI Joes available to us. Um, and a lot of those were 90s Joes. So I'm going to say that Tracker should sit in one of the positions in, inside one of those little bubble canopies.
2: He took the words right out of my mouth. He was going to be my next thought was. Seriously? Wow. Yeah, I, yeah, he absolutely was because, well see, he is a Navy SEAL. He is trained for deep sea operations, but he's he's not a guy that's going to put the scuba suit on necessarily. He's the guy that's more likely to drive the rescue craft or something. Uh, so I could totally see it.
3: Okay, and, cool. And, and
2: at the same <laughs> time, we give a
3: purpose <laughs> to that
2: character, so.
3: Yeah, that, that's actually the main reason I want to pop him there, because like, I can't think of any other really good use for Tracker.
2: No, neither <laughs> can I. And I've tried. I've tried many times, but he's just a character. I've just, I've just never been able to get my mind around. It's nothing to do with his appearance. That was entirely uh, I can't remember the gentleman's name that designed the figure, but um, his entire appearance is basically a tribute to people in his family and the college they went to and the sports team they played for, so oh, yeah? even if you could take him out of that and put him in just regular fatigues, he's still just another seal that, I don't know, I've just never found him to be exciting at all, but as a pilot for the Sea Lion, I- I'm, I could totally, I'm, I'm totally there. Groovy.
0: Nice. And I think our sea line is fully equipped with a complement of figures. Good luck, those of you out there who are now pining for one. Damn. Like
2: I have been for years, and I'm no closer mm. to getting one than I was then. So. Um.
0: I think it was Mr. Tree on uh, uh, Full Force Podcast, one of the early episodes, I think in the uh, second or third session. Uh, I was listening to it back in 2014. He spoke about this toy. I think he even gave a panel on this toy at Rollout Roll Call of that year, and it was just riveting hearing the in-depth chat about this fascinating piece of of uh, toy history, which very few of us know about.
2: I had heard of the vehicle before that, but it was it was his actual discussion about it that got me thinking, huh, I'd like to have one of those someday. And uh, mm. yeah, they're, they're hard to come by.
0: JD, you are a scholar, so I am so pleased that you listened to that podcast. That's jeez.
2: I had yeah, no idea. Uh, I
0: thought I was alone.
2: <laughs> no, <laughs> no, full force. Uh, nice. Oh yeah, I'm all in on that on that show too. Um, good for <laughs> uh, and In fact, I'm hoping Chris McLeod will make the uh, joke on just so I can talk to that guy. That guy's
3: nuts. Who's up next? I think it's I think it's me for an air vehicle.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah.
3: Oh yeah, okay. Because I have a feeling that Steve's gonna throw the tomahawk at us. Maybe uh, I didn't want to take the tomahawk out of his hands because what me never <laughs> never. Um, so I figured I'd throw in one of JD's favorite jets um, and actually one of my favorite jets, uh, the Cobra Condor. Yes, it only has two seats. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> um. But who would you put in there? Because. Uh, this once again stems from my childhood. I had this vehicle. I never had the Aero Viper, and not
2: miss anything either. Um,
3: yeah. To, to be fair, I I don't have much love for the Aero Viper. So, yeah. So who would you guys put in the Condor? Like, well,
2: who are the two guys kissing Cobra Commander off the most that day? Because chances are they're both gonna die anyways. So you don't want to put anybody valuable in that thing.
0: Well, it's just a case of filling the back seat then, really. Although we kind of reasoned, Paul and I, that, uh, or, no, no, this is actually just all you, Paul, that like, the front end is the decoy. If it looks like you're in an unwinnable situation, if you're being jumped by, you know, a flight of G.I. Joe, um, interceptors that way outclass a, a cumbersome Cobra bomber, you know, you jettison that front piece, it just acts as like a really hot burning, uh, rocket ship. And that hopefully draws all the heat seekers while you escape on the boomerang portion. Yeah. But I don't know, man. Subsequent to that, I'm thinking like the rocket part is the escape ship and the boomerang is like the the, the cumbersome, big, heavy target. I mean, that's where all the bombs are.
3: Yeah, I don't know. I just, I always find the back uh, portion of it to be like the VIP section, you know, because uh, in the same vein, I also see the, the front part of the condor, you know, the whole part that comes off to also be a weapon in it. In and of itself, you know, so uh, you could be flying this thing around, yeah. And well, it's 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 a kamikaze weapon, but it's not like the guy in the front has much choice because as soon as the guy in the back seat goes, oh cool, target acquired, lock acquired, you know, jettison the 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 free falling uh, man bomb, then all the guy can do inside is like hope and pray while he yanks on that on the control stick. Um, because it's not going to do anything because it's sending him to hell or on a more uh optimistic note he has got control and he gets to free fall with the thing and it has absolutely no burn and it's just got a little bit of like you know a little bit of thrust like every now and then just to correct its rotation or whatever as it glides itself silently to some poor target's death so i mean there's always that So, so who do we Who do we put there? This got dark quickly. (laughs)
2: I'll say, put a bat
3: in there. Nice. Yeah, but you know that. You know, just now, like, G.I. Joe could pull out some kind of ridiculous thing, like, they could hack the bat, and then the bat is screwed. You know? And Cobra's operation has been foiled.
2: (laughs) Ah, very true. I say we should put in,
3: like, somebody like Wild Weasel there.
4: Just to annoy Cobra. He's too low tech for that.
2: Well, what about the Strato Viper with his tiny, tiny, inhumanly small feet? I hate that figure <laughs> so much. <laughs> it's the feet. The feet killed it for me. Ugh.
3: Well, you're onto something. I think a Strato Viper is a-, a great person for that. I mean,
2: well, nobody likes them of, there. I- they're <laughs> kind of trained for that kind of stuff.
3: Yeah, and they look good. They will look good in there too. I mean, their aesthetic I think suits the cockpit of the Condor.
0: No, I okay. agree with that. I always thought Strata Vipers regard themselves as the the creme de la creme, so they wouldn't stoop so low to be the backseat operator on a bomber. You know, it's kind uh, of a step down from flying like the sexiest jet the line ever produced.
3: That hmm. is true. That's I mean, true. you're only on the second sexiest jet the line ever produced, so I get where you're coming from.
0: <laughs> get out of here! <laughs> well, uh,
2: just, I love when these rivalries pop back up.
0: No, well, this we we addressed this on the last episode, like, Paul's... Not the last episode, several episodes ago. Several episodes uh, ago, once upon a time. (laughs) Yeah, well, basically, like, Paul's vision of the venerable Sky Striker has been forever sullied by the (laughs) modern-era failings of the Sky Striker. And I was playing with my modern-era Sky Striker just today and pushing it along the carpet with its landing gear down, and the fucking... Like front wheel cover drags on the carpet, it dra- it doesn't it doesn't clear the carpet, it's useless.
3: Uh you you you're doing jet wrong. It's supposed to fly. It's not
0: not a car. <laughs> oh, I'm not even gonna dig- dignify that stupid comment with a response. Yeah, Thank, it, you. <laughs> Thank you.
1: Thank well, you.
4: You know, <laughs> that backseat could use some personality. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, what Skywalker and Dak? Is that who got shot up? Yeah, yeah that, that was Dak. Was Dak. Yeah, Dak. he got shot and then
2: stepped on. Yeah, poor Dak Ralter.
4: Um, <laughs> Damn, man.
2: <laughs> uh, that's such a nerd. Some might I
3: say it's still a better movie than Lost Jedi. Anyway, we're not going there. Alright, then.
2: Alright, then. As one of the 15... 15- people that like that movie i can totally understand
4: why so where were you going with that Kujan? i don't know really i mean it would have to be a, a cobra guy that could have some personality some witty banter under the uh, crossfire
0: paul said it's the vip seat and there is precedent that had serpentor in that back seat he flies uh, back seats uh, on a condor in operation dragonfire oh yes he does yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. Go
0: me. Yeah. Yeah. True. If it's being used to sort of shuttle a Cobra a High Command you know, member from place to place, I, I can buy that. And it's a bomber, so
3: technically it's more. It it should be heavier armored, or have a heavier, um, like armor to it, so That's it can true. take a few more shots. That's I don't
2: know Serpentor when he was still human before they turned him into the snake, right? Because that would be or the lizard, because yeah. that would be awkward.
0: Yeah, I think it was that exact same episode. Or or the episode just prior to that. But uh yeah, it was in the last couple of days of Serpentor's human. Yeah, before oh. they
2: turned him into the Geico lizard. Um
3: <laughs> Okay, so should should we like settle on a Viper
0: and Serpentor? Yes. For the backseat.
1: Yeah,
0: I'm okay. good with that. Okay, we've got oh an another... Aero Viper up front. Yeah. Thank you very much. Because they're unsophisticated. Because they're unfussy. He's wearing a Zorro I, I'd mask. I'd like to think
2: he's lame. <laughs> and yes, it was directly inspired by Zorro. So,
0: yeah, I don't. If you can find a Stratoviper who deigns to fly a bomber, then sure.
3: Strato vipers, you may have the honor of transporting the B E T. Okay, uh, I'm just trying to think of how that would sound
2: if he went aerovipers.
3: I can't I can't do the Meredith Burgess thing.
2: <clears throat> you mean yeah. yeah. That wasn't Burgess Meredith, that was Dick Gauthier. But anyways. <laughs> to you Doing another. these things yeah, to troll that.
3: Because Burgess Meredith was globulus,
2: not yes. a Yeah.
1: Ooh.
2: Mm. <laughs> troll, troll. I'm not a troll, <laughs> damn it. I, uh,
0: I was I was thinking of like um like Flak Viper, but those guys are for shooting down aircraft from the ground, so it'd make about as much sense as backblast, you know, riding the cannon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no, of course. I, I wonder if the, the, the Thunderclap could shoot aircraft out of the sky. Maybe, maybe. Uh, but anyways, I'm digressing. Maybe like a guy like Saw Viper, because you know that back seat is basically in control of the gun. Yeah, so you got, need a good
4: gunner there. Okay. You can see his mm-hmm. mouth, too. So he he could be talking. Yeah. Um, nice.
2: Or smoking, like he did in uh, issue 109 of the comic book. There um, you go.
0: Yeah, man. Cobra's most lethal operator. Why the hell wouldn't you want him to be your tail gunner?
2: He would be arrogant enough to light up a cigarette while he was flying, too. So.
0: Another cool way of looking at that jet
3: um, is to have the twins in it. Same out in yeah, yeah, they're
2: I mean, both flame nice. and expendable. Yeah, let them die Oh, <laughs> well,
3: uh,
2: wow. Uh, no, no, it's troll, okay. Troll, troll, troll.
3: No. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. You, yeah, I, I'm totally fine with you not liking them.
2: I did when I was a kid, but now I just don't get it. Now I'm just like, these guys are literally circus performers.
0: Cooge, do you want to step to the plate with uh, your vehicle? Is it not time yet?
4: I believe it is time. Um... Night time in Africa, am I right? <laughs> yes, sir. So let's bring out the Night Force. Night Striker? Is that the name of the, the whale?
3: The Night Boomer. Oh, no, the Night Striker. Mm. Sorry, sorry. I thought you were going to refer to the Sky Striker. My bad.
4: No, it's all good. I'm glad the whale came
0: up. Hold on, hold on. Mine is Cutter, no <laughs> less.
4: Specifically, the Night Striker. Uh, I'm I'm looking at the I'm back so seat. The, the, the furthest seat back with two people in it. You can go aesthetically because you've got black and red, uh, but it has to be one night force and then one person that feels like they fit well with that person for a, for whatever reason.
3: I got the perfect team for the the night striker, and I'm so glad somebody brought up the whale. I thought it might have been Steve, and I was expecting it to be Rob, but Rob couldn't join us tonight. I was just like, fuck it, let's put the whole ninja force on that thing. <laughs> <laughs>
4: What if somebody oh, drops dear. a Chinese star? It's going to pop the inner tube, man.
3: No, man, but that, that's the whole thing. I mean, it, like, And then you, you made it even better by making it the Night Force version. So, like, why not? That could be, like, the ultimate like pajama mobile. It's awesome.
2: Can you yeah, imagine the whole right, force so, on the whale? Unless you're talking about Shebang <laughs> in his bright yellow... Yeah, not a nighttime operator, that guy. Um... <laughs>
4: Well, who feels like a nighttime person? You'd, you'd be skipping across the waves. It might end up being a romantic scenario. You never know, because you got privacy. You're the furthest well, back. So, I mean, it's wide open, guys. Well, put
2: Torpedo there, because, uh, I mean, he, I'm sure he's well-accommodated to nighttime operations. I mean, he is the preeminent seal on the team, and not a dedicated night operator, so... Yeah, put him up there with one. Colors of the look Force good, guys. too. Yeah, exactly.
0: Huh. Mm. Didn't you say you wanted one Night Force member?
4: I do. The Night Force, to me, is underdeveloped as a sub team. I just like to think about them. Mm. So, so, who like who do you feel in that backseat, Night Force West? Well,
0: um, I, 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 the. the... Premier Night Force figure in my eyes will always be Shockwave. Oh. No kidding. I mean, it, you don't say. Great sculpts. Yeah. Well, okay. Playing, playing obvious here. Great sculpt. Only further enhanced by realistic colors. Yeah. That that is that that figure in and of itself is a reason to collect the Night Force subset, or just find him you're biased. Him down, and this is a an interesting um <laughs> it's an interesting topic to raise because like I can only imagine there are about approximately three people out there listening to this podcast who have a Night striker they are not easy to come by mm-hmm. but if you're looking to populate yours you lucky two people uh I would say in the back uh, if I'm gonna have shockwave back there and he's got the um The SWAT slash music angle. I want to put another musician back there. My first thought was uh, Keel Hall, but he's apparently the world's worst clarinet player. So I'm going to accompany Shockwave with Heavy Duty.
3: Heavy Duty? Why? Set
0: the tone. Yeah. Set the tone with some uh, some uh, classical guitar, maybe.
3: Oh, is Heavy Duty a classical guitarist? The, I yes. thought he just liked classical music.
0: And they can do a, some kind of duet uh, for voice and guitar.
2: Yeah, Sounds kind of player. romantic. Um, well, it can't be Crazy Legs because his fingers were too short to play the piano. <laughs> um.
0: <laughs> and now we know is that a tenuous enough link for you Cujo? I always uh, imagine you'd appreciate the more left field suggestions
3: I know exactly who's going on either the little bike or the thing that shoots out the, the the skid so
4: what about that intimate setting right in front of the fans who are you feeling for
0: <laughs> yeah shit scratch my idea because they'll all be drowned out like oh my word um <laughs> I'd probably put snow job there he's like the only guy
3: who's dressed for it because those things are cold man and it's night time you're gonna be freezing your butt off so, you got a
4: white figure in a black vehicle
3: yeah well he can draw fire too the
4: master of contrast
3: yeah oh, no I'm kidding I would not put snow job on there even though he is the only one who's actually dressed for the back there Damn, man! Oh, oh, oh! Why do we put Alpine there? Because, like, can you imagine Alpine yodeling into those fans? It'll be like robot yodeling. Like, <laughs>
4: sold, <laughs> sold. <laughs> he also has eye protection just in case a a gnat hits him in the face.
0: What's so funny is that stupid Skype decided to make your voice go like a robot as you were doing the robot voice, Paul.
1: Oh, uh, sometimes
0: it works in your favor. <laughs> Universe is on my side.
3: Um, I, I still want to load the, one of the small vehicles, so when we're ready for that one, call me.
2: Muskrat. Oh, shoot. Muskrat.
3: <laughs> I was actually going to okay. say Sneak Peek. I would totally put, because there's a Night Force Sneak Peek. That would be my my Night Force figure choice. Um, I'd put him on that little vehicle um, that
0: jettisons.
2: Yeah, he's too heavy for that shit. It would sink immediately. <laughs> um, that's why I said muskrat
0: explain your thinking on on muskrats
2: well i mean he is a swamp water recon guy and i mean if you're going to deploy something you know give it to a guy that can navigate the uh you know whatever environment that they're taking the night striker to like the Mario beaches or
3: that actually makes a lot of sense because yeah he's also used to the everglades he's already packed in with that like boogie board type thing so
0: I mean he's Glad already, someone raised that. Yeah, he's it's an upgrade yeah, so from his boogie board. Yeah, he's already trained. Not 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 much of an upgrade, but uh, it's a better better mode of transportation than that rather dubious looking thing. Like
3: like if it was an eighties action movie and a bunch of guys were like being recruited around this vehicle, like say something like airwolf or something, then they would totally get musrat. It would be like we need somebody for the small deployable craft. You know, and then they'll, like, cut to, like, muskrat boogie boarding in the Everglades. <laughs> and that would be Ooh. our guy. You know, so... Yeah. He would he'd, he'd, he'd be our Murdoch. So, yeah.
4: I can Loving see it. it. I can see an action sequence where muskrat is kind of vaulting off the side of the uh, Night Striker and then riding one of the waves to shore on his little board. Kind of a kickflip. Hell yes. <laughs>
0: Cool. Cool. (laughs) Nice. Blasting Voltor with his shotgun all the while.
2: Yeah, because ultimate enemies and all, the logic (laughs) still
4: eludes me. (laughs) Got the bobcat hood (laughs) ornament too. That's action packed.
3: The last time Voltor came to New
4: Orleans. Hey Mac. Florida. Not a hood ornament. Um, I'm I'm saying it in a way that it's an offensive one, not you know as a victim.
2: Oh, oh, I thought you meant an actual Bobcat, because Spearhead might have some shit to say about
4: that. Oh, I forgot (laughs) that Spearhead. My bad. (laughs) (laughs) I am full (laughs) of ridiculous trivia.
0: The Codex. No, I even knew that one.
4: (laughs) That's all for the Night Striker.
0: (laughs) Have we fully kitted out?
4: Who's on the small bike? Um, We only (laughs) needed two seats, so I think we're good. (laughs) <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah, we all got a little carried away uh, trying to uh, populate the rest of the boat. But as far as Cujo is concerned, he don't need nobody else manning that Night Striker. Uh, you don't want anyone in the gun turret?
4: Oh, of course, but I didn't, you know, I didn't want to take liberties. I just went with two seats.
0: Nice. Okay. So I take it it's a sort of a non combat role. They're just taking it out for a cruise. Which is why I'm going to go with my uh, heavy duty shockwave. Uh, Vocalist and guitarist. I like it. Duo. Nice. Uh, My sea vehicle (laughs) is the USS Flag.
1: I'm not joking. I'm not joking.
0: I don't like it. But uh, I'll go easy on you guys. Let's just talk about the tower. Flag owners out there, I know you have all had the same quandary. Like, how do you outfit the flag? Do you put any old G.I. Joe personnel in the various stations or do you try and keep it navy do you try and create custom figures or you know remixing uh, topside uh, shipwreck and and cutter in order to create deck crew just navy men seamen if you will <laughs> uh, or, or or do you have a third option what do you do with the flag a seaman. tower I'm a seamen <laughs> Sorry. I'm thinking of Rob oh, funny guy Paul yeah we're all thinking of Rob at this troubling time ooh the ranges started coming down yay but yeah guys uh, who wants to sink first blood on how best to man the tower of the flag or the island if you want to call it that
3: uh, so top side is the one that looks kind of like Cutter hey
0: yeah he's got blonde hair blonde beard and blonde eyes he's <laughs> Yeah, I remember him wearing orange. Okay, no, no, I'm just
2: uh Yeah, orange light like, vest and gray jogging pants with knee high boots. Yeah. He was stylish. I'm sorry
3: to be like captain obvious here with this, but
0: uh what about General Flag? He's got a rope instead of a belt. Huh. What's that all about? Yeah, well,
3: you know, he's he's
0: really poor. <laughs> what about General Flag? Flag? He's not a navy man.
3: No, but I mean he's like I think he would be he's great on the on the US's flag. Like I think he he's a good looking figure. Good (laughs) look.
0: It's a little bit ostentatious to be crewing the boat that was named after your daddy.
2: If we're going toy only, then there's fewer choices. But we can use the Sunbow cartoon. Well, in the cartoon, Admiral Ledger commanded the flag. Oh, nice.
3: Yeah, but we never got an Admiral Ledger toy.
2: Uh, yeah, and, and so we f- I can't believe even the club didn't do that in one of their figure subscription services.
3: No, but still, I would like... I just reckon General Flag looks good. He's got the right outfitting and everything for it. He just looks like he, he shoots a naval vessel.
0: Is he not made redundant by Keelhaul? I
3: suppose, but maybe Keelhaul is more in charge of ship-based operations, and then well, Flag is in charge of, like... Troop based operation. He's the jet
4: boss. Yeah, I was going to
2: say if, if the if the if the jets are taking off and landing, he might be in charge of the whole of the whole aircraft carrier. But you know he's going to be concentrating more on that that type of stuff. I mean, it's his wheelhouse.
3: Yeah, exactly. You know, so that's why I think he, he's great to put in there because I can't think of any other vehicle I would put him in, uh, put him in or on. Yeah. I so can, you
2: got if you got Ledger up in the, the tower, actually, you know, talking talking back to base then you know you got Keelhaul directing the uh, flight deck operations.
1: Hm. Mm,
3: exactly.
0: And I like his hat. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's a good hat. It's
0: a good hat. And of course you are you are forever linked uh between the the flag and 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 general flag because you uncarded your general flag action figure on the deck of the USS flag. That is correct. I did. Come on, Paul. You should release that vid. It's fun it is if you don't I will I've still got the footage
3: i've also oh. got I've got all of yeah I should actually I should do that let me i'm gonna do that after our show tonight i'm gonna put it together and then we'll have some cool content for next weekend
0: nice mm. nice though I fully anticipate i'm gonna roll out a video about power team elite vehicles oh yeah so are you saying General Flagg should be in the admiral's chair, Paulie? Maybe not
3: so much, but he should definitely be the second in command of that vessel. Like, mm-hmm. he should totally be up in there. I, although as much as I love shipwreck and as much as I love putting shipwreck on the flag, or would if I had a flag, I just feel that he's misplaced as being a sort of, you know, in the in the crow's nest kind of thing. Like, you know, he's, I don't know. I just I just feel he's misplaced in the tower. I feel he's more of an action man, so to speak. So having more sort of sedentary kind of characters in the tower makes more sense. And by sedentary, I just mean that they don't go out and run around and shoot stuff.
0: Some might even say sedentary, but okay.
1: Mm.
0: (laughs) Who is on the wheel? Who is the helmsman?
1: Hmm. Hmm.
4: I I can't think of anybody functionally, but just aesthetically, when you're, you're talking about a ship, two figures that may not get much play. Otherwise, Doc, he looks pretty smart. He could be sitting up in the deck. He's got sunglasses on. You know, you need those. Mm-hmm. I also think that this would be an opportunity to do... Uh, what? What's what's the, the kind of special dress gung-ho? I forget what that figure's called. Oh, yeah. Military blue,
0: Sort of marine... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. there's not a whole lot of play blues.
4: opportunities for that guy, but if you get him in the... In the building, you know, he could get called to action. Yeah. Then you got, like, a guy in a suit versus Big Boa or something, you know? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be kind of cool. Nice.
0: And, once again, a cool hat. Kill Hall, don't say, he... Kill hold, Top
2: five. you say, hi, G.I. Joe Berg? Hi, G.I. Joe oh. Berg. My, my son was going to say, hi, G.I. Joe And then well, he's he on the phone. He's like, he totally
0: hey. did. He totally did, Jay. We got it. We got it. Thank you. What's his name? Blake. Hi, Blake. Blake. Well, thank you, Blake. (laughs) They said hi. What a sweetie. Yeah. Blake's five, right? Going on six? Nice. Big guy. So, I don't know if you caught all of that, JD, but uh, we are considering putting either Gung Ho, Dress Blues uh, version, or Doc on the wheel. Gung Ho. What do you think of that?
2: Gung Ho. Nice. Um... I did hear the bit about the uniform, and you're right, he is, it is hard to get a lot of play out of that figure otherwise, but, I mean, the the Marines, they're an offshoot of the Navy, so there'd probably be a lot of Marines assigned to that aircraft carrier.
0: So, mm. yeah, I'm,
2: I'm voting for Gun O version 2 on that one.
0: Nice. Uh, the hat isn't removable, is it? No,
2: but, I mean, well, not uh. intentionally. You can take it off, though. Um <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just super to reveal down.
0: what like a, a square block no
2: actually no he's he's actually got a he's got a fully sculpted scalp he's got like a crew cut it's just not painted what wow yeah he's one of the few figures that if you take the head off yeah he's he, the, the entire the entire scalp is sculpted
0: brilliant well, i mean i wonder if that was a last minute design change that was meant to be removable, and then because it looks quite large. But then again, those marine hats are are rather oversized. You know
2: what? It probably was. looks like Major Dad. And then they worried about uh, you know possible loss of it. But you know what? I too, mm. I look at that figure, and I just think that's Gerald McGrainy for Major Dad. I totally agree on that. <laughs> um, I can't nice. even see Gung Ho. He's just totally Gerald McGrainy. He's got the right uh, mustache and everything.
3: Hey,
1: Gunny.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Google search for G.I. Joe
3: Helmsman uh, doesn't yield any results, any or any worthwhile results. So it really is a position that needs to be filled in G.I. Joe.
0: I like the fact that you've got Doc in that uh, command section, Kujo, for the simple reason that we're kind of emulating... We're emulating uh, Star Trek in a way. Like, if General Flag is Shatner... Then Doc is McCoy,
2: mm.
0: is Bones. You know, you got to have your your ship's doctor like close to hand. Damn it, Jim. I could be mistaken. I don't I don't know if the U.S. Navy works like this. But I have a sneaking suspicion that if a doctor is on the ship's crew, he automatically has officer status within that within that that, that service branch. Well,
2: absolutely, every aircraft carrier would absolutely have a medical doctor assigned to it but and well he is an officer anyways so uh mm. i think he holds a rank But i'm Captain. saying he would
0: be he would give an officer <clears throat> rank within the navy as well as you know if he was assigned to the force, oh yeah yeah if they account. had
2: an army doctor yeah he would yeah he would have the same uh i mean if an army doctor was assigned to an aircraft carrier yeah he would have the same status as the navy doctor would mm. Uh, he Yeah, he'd have privileges to do surgery and all that stuff if he needed to. So, maybe even on the deck.
0: Right on. Hand in glove. Who is manning the ship's communications array?
1: Mm.
3: Uh-huh. Uh, I'd imagine mainframe or... You know, because Dialtone seems more of a G.I. Joe HQ fit. So, I kind of think mainframe is more of a... Flag foot.
0: Oh, hmm. you don't see Dialtone in the field, but he came with a gun. Mainframe has no gun. Hmm.
2: You know what? I always saw Dialtone as more of a battlefield uh, communications guy where Mainframe would be more the uh, the HQ and, uh, you know, the large ships like the flag. I can totally see him. And again, hmm. he's a Marine, so it's totally realistic that he would actually be assigned to the flag. Uh, for you know certain oh, operations.
1: Okay. Yeah.
3: Although modern era mainframe comes with a gun, ironically.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. Well, that just leaves us with one position left to fill. Who is in? I think it's the weapons control room down at the bottom. So we've got the we've got Gung Ho on the helm, General Flag in the admiral's chair mainframe manning the radar and, uh, I suppose, communications array. Who's in control of the guns and missiles?
3: Lightfoot. <laughs> hmm. I can't think of a better use for Lightfoot. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, because, I mean, that would mean that he's in charge of um, of ammo and all of that, of, of the ammunition and the hard points and all of that stuff, right? So, I mean, he's, he's basically the quartermaster in a way as well. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I'd imagine... Lightfoot, definitely. Plus, he's got that neat little robot to, you know, do nothing. But it'll be great. It can help him out and be like... <laughs> you know? I don't know. It's uh, like, that
2: thing is pretty much his own version of Herbie, as seen in those terrible, <laughs> Fantastic,
0: terrible,
2: four. Fantastic mm. four cartoons, yes.
0: Cool, guys. I think my tower is all set up. But, but I mean, Lightfoot maybe would... Quartermaster in this the sort of chamber behind the weapons control
1: area. Mm.
0: Yeah, I'm thinking of. I, I just thought of that now. Mm. Who's in the chair?
1: Mm.
0: Oh, I got one. Mm? Huh. Colonel Hawk, like Hawk version one. Oh, cool. I mean, if he's the missile command officer, like, and if the thing is being run by an army general, you know, like kind of a, a lower ranked Hawk. In a sort of an earlier iteration, I can
2: see that. I don't I know like if we it. can
0: do do a kind of time time jumping, but like, yeah. In fact, before he even before he even became a colonel, like this could be a a young hawk answering to General Flagg in his first command. Ha! 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 ha. And that's why he uh, yeah has an affinity for missiles, <laughs> being a missile commander.
4: Hmm. That hawk like a
0: Hello, Blake. <laughs> Crazy kid. Sweet kid, man. Kids are cool. I'm sure I've asked
3: this before, and for the life of me, I can't remember. Is Hawk uh jet qualified? No. He's not He's not classed as a pilot at all, hey? No. Uh-uh. Okay. No, no, no. no. I'm just checking. I, the, uh, and that's cool, because he's going to say like, it would be a waste if he's jet qualified, and he would be better served as a pilot. Come on.
0: Who needs a jet when you've got that backpack, dude?
3: That is true. It's
0: like an F-14 strapped to your back.
3: Freedom!
0: (laughs) Cool. Sweet. JD, uh, you want to hit us with your land or your air vehicle or you otherwise uh, engage? No, no,
2: no, no. My air vehicle is the night attack chopper from the spy troops line. Mm.
0: That's a cool vehicle.
2: Thing is awesome. Remind me, did it come with a pilot? No, it didn't, um, which is, ah, leaves it brilliant. really open-ended um, for the for the and you know the pilots on the Joe roster are many, are many, so lots of choices there.
0: I'm going to crack this one open by nominating a pilot with no plane. Uh, a lot of the the Joe pilots and and, and helicopter operators came packaged with helicopters but there's one very notable character who is listed as a pilot and had no aircraft or no immediate aircraft that he was assigned to, and that's Flint. Oh, yeah, he's a chopper pilot, isn't he?
2: Yeah, he's a rotary wing pilot, so ooh, that is a good choice. Well,
0: I kind of have to thank Devil's Due for it because they often had him flying the night attack helicopter.
2: That's funny. I don't even remember that. I mean, I, I did read that run, but I don't remember it at all.
0: Um, okay well maybe maybe i'm exaggerating uh but i do re- distinctly remember in the uh series that deals with uh Wingfield oh uh Wingfield in, in whose wheelchair bound uh what was it called America's finest or something yeah oh, okay uh, yeah
2: it was America's finest um yeah i kind of yeah i read it i kind of blocked some of it out um but, um, yeah,
0: sure. This vengeful beardy Flint who's pissed off with the world because Lady he took Lady J from him. Yeah. Took <laughs> Lady
2: yeah, yeah. J in the absolutely cheapest comic book death ever. Uh, you don't oh. kill Lady Jay with a piece of glass. That was crap. But, <laughs> garbage. Um,
0: she deserves to be skewered with something more substantial. <laughs> All right, that's just glasses.
2: uncalled for. Get off my podcast. Oh, wait. <laughs> wait. Hey, we will not besmirch Lady J's name. Fair enough yeah, uh, uh, Especially since she's voiced by my
0: sister in uh, <laughs> in Atlantis Factor episode 5. Ha! Huh. Wow. Paul, Paul, Damn. Paul. Paul was like, yeah, that voice sounds so hot.
3: <laughs> I did not say that. I said
0: whoever that is has a very sexy voice. Well, it's potato, potato. <laughs> it's my sister, Paul. You watch what you say. Hey, but I'm I'm very fortunate to have a professional voice actress for a sister. There you go.
3: She's a professional voice yeah, actress, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, and Ooh, she definitely is. You. So
4: yeah, mm-hmm. I was curious about that myself nice. because because did you guys record at the same time, right? Uh, well,
0: kind of yes and no. I only have one microphone, so I kind of fed the lines. The the the, the yeah, she she was on the mic and. I was just tossing the lines, kind of off mic at her, and she'd say the responses. Yeah, fun times. I also got to work with uh, another voice talent, the uh, the lovely Amy Intuli, uh, who I'd worked with before. She voices the Baroness, and she does a pretty good Eastern European, I'd say.
4: I'd say. I'm definitely feeling that mm-hmm. that lisp was quite amazing, Stephen. Nice, nicely done.
0: Really. I don't know man. I'm I'm picking up on the file card evidence and I decided to make it a lisp because giving him sibilance would just make him sound Cobra like a, a hack on Cobra Commander.
4: Mm.
1: Mm. Mm.
0: So like it's as if he's got a cleft palate or something.
4: Oh, I like it. It kinda gives him something to be ashamed of or something.
0: I don't know. Yeah, we don't know what's behind the mask. He could
3: have a severely cut lip or something, you know? So
4: Yeah, yeah.
0: So it wound up being a lisp. I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. If I ever get to do Wild Weasel again, we'll see how that metamorphoses. But yeah, he's definitely got a chip on his shoulder. You know, speaking
4: of like how things went down with Wild Weasel on the Wild Weasel poll, you know, there is one bit of Wild Weasel that we haven't really ever talked about. Oh god. That is the fact that on the maps it looks like <laughs> Australia. So you better Skype tuck your girl in tonight, because Wild Weasel might be coming to town. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> Not while Steve's in Cape Town.
0: <laughs> oh, man. She was at this late hour. Uh, yeah, they're probably about to wake up. Oh wow! Time zones, man. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. It's
4: like a big yin yang.
3: So we are decking out the night attack chopper. That thing has three seats, right? It's a pilot seat, co-pilot, and then there's. Uh, I think there's space in the back
2: for it. Yeah, yeah. You can fit. Yeah, you can fit a couple of guys in the back, but. I mean it'd be pretty close quarters. Uh so you might not want more than maybe two guys back there. But yeah, there's definitely a seat directly behind the pilot and co pilot. Uh, mm. so
0: what do those guys do exactly? This is what I wanna wanna know.
2: I always just kinda of pictured it was like the um like the crew chief or maybe maybe the artillery coordinator, uh, you know, telling the you know, telling the door gunner where to shoot or something, but or you know, watching the radar, but I, I I don't know. We're we're we're. Uh, I guess you can go any way you want with it. Um, or it could just be the. Hmm.
0: So they are definitely crew and not. Uh, per, uh, they're no. not passengers. Okay, cool. Then you're gonna need people with I suppose, aeronautical specialties or or specialties in radar and communications equipment. But I'm gonna leave that uh, up to Paul and Cujo because I've already kind of tapped our tapped our pilots unless you guys have another pilot suggestion but I'm, no, I'm, I'm in agreement with flint the man needs a chopper
3: um i'd say like not for the the secondary but like I, I would definitely get roadblock in there just because like if something fails on that you know I, I, this is completely toy fantasy but that's the point right if something goes wrong exactly. with one of those guns you, you got roadblock to pull off one of those guns he's only got big enough to man uh, to like handle it you know um to shoot out the door with it.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So, He'd pull it off and yeah. Just shoot.
3: Yeah. And there's that cool foot peg um on the side of the vehicle. I think it's on I think there's a foot peg on either side, I'm not sure. But there definitely is a place for a dude to stand underneath that wing. So yeah, I mean if if things get rough we got roadblock to uh to man man a gun for it. So that's that's my uh, number three for that vehicle. <laughs>
0: I must warn everyone out there. If you want to practically follow our uh, assignments, it's going to have to be a vintage roadblock because you're going to battle to get a modern era roadblock into. Oh, your, that is true. Uh, sorry, attack, sorry. I. I, 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 didn't
3: spend...
0: I use my night attack, or I use my desert attack hol- helicopter with uh, vintage action figures. Oh no, sorry, with with modern era action figures. Uh, I think it matches their aesthetic quite nicely, but the bigger guys, yeah, forget about it. They're not going to fit.
2: I don't have mine anymore, but when I had it, uh, I used the Battlecore roadblock, the, the one wearing the jeans. Um, oh, that's a cool uh, one. What? Although, at the time, uh, called... uh, I had the repaint of it, the Anti-Venom Squad. I used that version because he does. He fits nicely in there. And he's the biggest, bulkiest roadblock they had in the vintage line and I love that skull. So yeah, but any of the vintage roadblocks, cool, definitely, because yeah, the modern ones, I I don't think you could I don't think you could get one in there. Especially especially that new version that the club just made, the Tiger Force version. That thing is a monster. Um I don't think you could get it anywhere into that chopper.
3: I need that toy in my life. Well technically I do have that toy in my life. I just put my roadblock, my Tiger Force roadblock helmet on on the uh, Resolute Resolute? Yeah, Resolute roadblock's uh, head, and there we go, we got Tiger Force roadblock. (laughs) Woohoo! It's not the same,
0: but it's the same. (laughs) Kooj, who are you putting in our night attack helicopter, brother?
4: Opportunity to flex Pilot Scarlet, Modern Era.
0: Ah! Nice. Cool. Yeah, I was hoping uh, someone would uh, break her out. She would fit. Yeah, she's dainty. Uh, unless uh, her, but does does her crotch? I mean, ca- can you can you get her legs what? together?
1: <laughs>
4: Out of <the> line. Uh,
0: <laughs> I'm asking ouch. a serious, legitimate question.
1: Save. Um. Sorry.
0: <laughs> okay.
3: Like that figure is horribly underutilized. I definitely need one of those in my collection. It's time. It's going on my list. As we're speaking now, I'm writing down Pilot Scarlet on my Joe Con list.
0: There it is. But, guys, that brings me to a controversy. Can she fly a plane? Because she's been written in as not being a pilot. In, you know, in early G.I. Joe lore. I'm thinking, like, uh, the, in, the, in, in the first ten issues, someone else was doing the flying. Zap was a yeah, pilot. Yeah, that is
1: true.
0: I think in issue, I think it's nine... Uh, where it's called The Diplomat. It's one of my favorites because it's a one-shot, and it's ironically not written by Larry Harmer, but I love it anyway. Uh, She doesn't fly in that one either. She gets clutch to fly the plane. Clutch, okay? What?
4: Well, this is down the road. You know Scarlet's never, never satisfied, so she furthered her education.
0: Nice. I buy that. Okay, cool. And since, yeah, look... If there's a figure that says it's a pilot and it's on the file card, I can accept that as canon.
4: Why not? Yeah.
0: Although, there is trivia with that figure, though. I know
3: that she's... The pilot Scarlet is actually meant to represent... I think it's an, uh, uh, an Argentina Glenda. exclusive. Or, yes, yeah, there we go. Glenda it's Glenda. From
2: Argentina. And she'd be my co-pilot pick. So it's funny you went with the pilot Scarlet. Because Glenda would have been my pick uh, because she's obscure enough that she doesn't have an assignment already, and that's exactly what, what she was meant to be.
3: Yeah, so like if you can't reconcile uh, the idea of Scarlett being a pilot, well then you can get Blenda there, you know, but yeah, of um, European operations do. or something or South, yeah. you
2: know,
0: South American operations, whatever.
2: Scarlett, she had the red hair, but if they put the blonde hair on her. She totally would have been Glenda.
0: There you go. Is there a head swap you could do? I don't know. Is there a blonde, any, any blonde I action I don't know. Thing? On
2: mine, I painted the hair yellow. So, you know, because, I mean, that's clearly what she was meant to be. I mean, all she was missing was the back-metalized chrome bodysuit. So, but, you know, the pilot Scarlet actually had the, the flight vest on, which was a, that was an awesome addition. So, mm. yeah, she's totally Glenda, so
3: Oh, you could totally put Shipwreck's head on that as well, I mean, if you really wanted to. Um, I'm poking fun <laughs> now, but why not?
0: <laughs> Freaky Friday.
3: There is a female figurine with blonde hair um, that they did. It was um, was in the collector's exclusive thing, in the club exclusives, I'm, I'm sure of it, where um, it's a blonde version. I think it's a blonde version of the of the new Lady J-Head, or it's a blonde version of Cover Girl. Like a blonder version, not like a strawberry blonde. Anyway, that doesn't matter. Well,
1: like, well I would say off. the Rise of
2: Cobra version was blonde.
3: Um. <laughs> cover Girl, the cover... Yeah, that's right, the Rise of Cobra Cover Girl, there you go. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. So now all of our listeners know exactly what to do with your Rise of Cobra Cover Girl figure. Pop her head off, pop it on, Pilot it, its body call it Glenda, and stick it in your night attack chopper. There you yep. go, sorted.
0: <laughs> Which version of flint uh, are we putting up front? I, I, I guess it's got to be modern era. I've managed to get a uh, modern era lift ticket into the desert attack chopper. So, uh, yeah, you could probably get a modern era flint. Yeah, easy
3: peasy, because the modern era Flint's uh, body sculptors... Quite small, and I'm talking about the, the latest release, the one that came with the Toys R Us 2-pack. The 50th uh, the
1: anniversary <laughs> Danger version.
0: Danger of the Docks.
3: There we go, Danger of the Docks, yeah, that's the one. Um, and because the the plastic is kind of squishy, it, you know, you can always just pin his feet together a little bit, if you have to. <clears throat> <laughs> supposed to get him in there. Hmm.
2: There's no way you could get this, the uh, the Spy Troops version with the gigantic boots. Sure. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and and, uh, and and well, and the long, gangly, creepy arms and the tiny head. You know what? I like the spirit of the new sculpt era, but my God, those figures did. I mean, I, they weren't even good then. They're terrible now. Uh, I actually
3: <laughs> like quite a lot of the weapons from that era. I, I have to admit,
2: the weapons were great. A few of the figures hold up, but very, very few of them.
0: We were still playing with our action figures uh when the new sculpt toys started arriving, so Rob pioneered this or he uh oh, spearheaded. Rob coined this uh new finishing move that uh that Flint had for his enemies and it was called the atomic stomp
1: <laughs> <laughs> like he Jax. Was- <laughs> Bring those
0: enormous 90s raver boots down on his unsuspecting foes. Eat buffalo. Crush them. <laughs> yeah, buffaloes or what are they, With sketches like those obscene shoes. Oh, I
3: I, I, I've I never owned a pair of those and I'm very proud of that.
2: Neither have I. They're skate shoes. shoes.
3: Yeah, no. <laughs> I, used to, I used to be big for clubbers and they, they used to be quite big for rockers. A lot of like goth types and heavy and metal heads used to love wearing those like i used Hmm. to see like i used to see them at like oh geez uh back to basics and and places like that you know where i just these like hardcore guys wearing these like black buffalo shoes and i'm like
0: really dude really (laughs) okay cool whatever's (laughs) whatever's
3: <laughs> move along <laughs> you
0: know, so. yeah move along and give us one of your uh, picks dude land or sea what's it called? land be? or
3: sea i'm gonna go with land because uh, we've spoken a lot about sea uh with the flag uh i would like to go with the cobra rage i think it is quite a versatile vehicle and it's very modular in terms of your troop accompaniment so i'd love to see who you guys would slap on a rage and i specifically mean the rage not the fury not the black and blue remake, the original Burgundy or Maroon and Beige release.
2: Sitting in the cannon seat, Flak Viper.
3: Cool, I like that.
2: Are you sure you don't want him
0: riding on one of the foot pegs, JD? Because Flak Viper, he's a sort of a one-man anti-aircraft gunner. So he would he would add to the... We sort of augment the, the, the Rage's uh, firepower options.
2: But could he possibly fire one of those missiles
0: while that thing is moving? This is true. It says it on his file card, man. Those guys hang off the backs of Cobra vehicles shooting down enemy aircraft. (laughs) I'm so glad they thought of that. (laughs) That is what they're built to do. They regard it as like playing a video game. And I guess it's like an extra skill bonus to be firing from a moving vehicle, particularly one that's moving as fast as a rage. Uh, but we're led to believe that it's all sort of, like, linked to their helmets. So they're living in, like, virtual reality La La Land the whole time.
2: Oh, so they're, like, ready player one then? Okay. Um.
0: <laughs> At the beach today, there was a guy piloting a drone from his headset. I was like, sick. Nice. Sick. And this drone was doing some insane maneuvers, but, like, clearly he was getting a direct video feed seeing what it sees. I was like, oh, that's so cool.
2: Okay, well... I'll see your dispute of my Flak Viper choice, and I'll raise you a Fast Blast Viper.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. What? Nice. <laughs> Isn't that a blue heat Viper? Yeah.
2: No, it's uh, they. They were no, they were black, gray, with,
1: uh, with black. The, oh, black.
2: Okay. Yeah, they were black and gray, and then there was that ridiculous bright red repaint of it in that in that uh, eight pack from that warehouse store.
0: Oh, um, with the gold on it. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. That was a little so bit. So he's gaudy. in.
0: He's in the gun. Yeah. He's in the turrets. Yeah I, so. I can get behind that. That's a great suggestion. So we got Flack Viper riding the rail and fast blast voss fast, fast, fast
4: blast viper inside the gun. Nice. Nice. The figures on the box look pretty good on it. So I'll I'll stay with the purple figure. You could keep a techno viper really busy with this vehicle. Yeah.
3: You wanna slap a techno viper on there? Cool.
4: Keep them close to the removable panel so you can do
0: some like R2 D2 action while they're moving, like yeah. zzz, Techno so Viper On the job splicing.
2: The weapon yeah. systems are down. <laughs> Try to bring them back online. Who's in the art on the box?
0: Uh Saw Viper, Range Viper, Night Creeper.
4: You got you got a night creeper oh. in the back. That's where I'd put techno. Mm.
2: Yeah, because a night creeper makes literally no sense. Whatsoever.
0: I have to <laughs> admit my rage is crude by the box art guys. I was just like, this is a cool mixed bag of specialties. They belong on this crazy deathmobile.
2: Yeah, the Techno <laughs> Ninja. Yeah. Totally belongs on the on the desert tank. Uh okay.
0: And saw Viper riding the, the, the running boards, like, firing full auto. Like, the box art is just obscene, because it's like, this seems to be firepower coming out of, like, a 360-degree arc. Like, this thing is spitting fire in every direction.
2: Now, Cobra's not yeah. worried about the safety of its soldiers, so
3: Oh, cool. I see somebody else is a big fan of my um, Ali Viper idea for the cobra rage anyway um ah, very good. <laughs> i figure i would add um is a laser viper because it's got missiles and you know it's it's great you know you've got a guy driving you got a guy popping out of the hatch and shooting you've got a guy manning that giant cannon you've got a dude with the removable panels you've got somebody pressing the drop mine button but you need somebody to kind of aim <laughs> the missiles. And that's what laser vipers do. They paint a target and then, you know, send death its way. So if you have got like a laser viper there, you could always surmise that it's linked to the fire control systems of the missiles, which are surface to air, if I'm not mistaken. Or let's put it this way: it could be surface to air, if need. I mean, in our, it's a toy, you
1: know. <laughs> so, yeah,
3: that would be my inclusion for that, and yeah, also I can see it. on the list. And it would look cool with all those other guys, you know, as well. I mean, a Laser Viper looks great with a Techno Viper, and they would look great great with a Flak Viper, and that Fast, whatever you call them, Viper. Fast and, Blast.
0: <laughs> fast fast blast, blast Viper. Fast Blast. It doesn't sound quite right in our accent.
3: Yeah, Fast Blast. Mm. Sounds much better. Uh, even when I say it that way. And that's not me, like, trying to be funny. That's just my terrible...
2: Fast Blast Viper.
3: That's why I can't nice. I can't Americanize my my words. Anyway, so that just leaves a a cunning driver for this death machine. Who do you think in Cobra can drive really well? Copperhead. Copperhead's a, an interest, an interesting choice and an underutilized figure that I think definitely belongs in that vehicle.
0: Yeah, he needs another wagon. He needs a an, an updated ride.
3: Hmm. And he's kind of surprisingly hmm. work with it too. Like you, you wouldn't think so, but but they kind of do. Another, I I was expecting uh, Cujo to say the nullifier just because it matches so well,
0: <laughs> you know. Cujo likes contrast, and Cujo likes Copperhead. Am I right, Cujo? Uh,
4: no, I I think I break with the nullifier on this one. I mean, just because uh. like I don't necessarily <laughs> need the driver to pop. He he's in my play scenarios like you know things break down, people are hiding behind cover, that kind of thing. I don't, I don't need him to be too loud.
0: Nice. I just go with the file card on my pick, and anyone who's got the the Copperhead file card to hand, yeah, this guy's, yeah, he's a shoe in for a vehicle like that. I he agree. If breaks down, he can fix it.
2: I fully agree with that choice.
0: He can hammer it into the ground, you know, he can drive the hell out of it by the sounds of things. Yeah, man. Makes sense.
4: I can see him more in a Doom Buggy, but, I mean, you know. No, I can see him on, yeah. on the Rage, definitely.
3: Cool. Sweet. Nullifier yeah. has to go on my list too then.
2: <laughs> Nullifier, that's very
0: interesting. What is their shtick? They are they're AGP pilots, so they're pilots. Sophisticated, experimental pilots. But they're
2: Iron Grenadiers. Oh, God, I hate the idea of mixing Cobra and the Iron Grenadiers. Oh, <laughs> brain can handle it. Bah.
0: Oh, cool.
3: If you search Cobra Bug, ooh, mm-hmm. spoiler alert, but maybe not. Do it all the time. Our image... Our image from um, our video is actually one of the top ten images on Google search.
2: Nice. Nice. <laughs>
0: <sighs> Stroke my gigantic ego.
3: Damn, somebody did a really nice bug custom
0: here. What? Is the bug your sea vehicle? <laughs> no. Well, maybe.
3: I have I have two. I'm sort of deciding as I go th- as we go through this. How typical. Uh, but I want to know if he's going to uh, torture us. <laughs>
2: Uh, I'm gonna open up a can of worms here. The GI Joe blockbuster tank from 1994.
0: <laughs> Every cold weather specialist that uh, that's
2: lying spare, basically. <laughs> that's not me being very creative, of course. Yeah, it is but, logical though. Yeah, but you got to put some non cold weather guys in there. I mean, how many times? How many times on the on the cartoon and even in the comic book were non cold weather guys deployed on those missions? So quick
3: kick, quick kick's got to be there.
2: <laughs> yeah, without his shoes, oh. uh, no. Yeah, and Maybe. next to the Look, gun. That,
0: that's kind of the thinking that I was going to go on, because I was going to go with our cold-weather ninja, Bushido, uh, accompanied by Storm Shadow and Shinzu. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes, Bushido, I can... Yeah, uh, definitely. Uh, well, Quick hit would be fine if he's wearing the outfit that he wore in G.I. Joe the movie where he actually had the parka and the boots on.
0: No, he was barefoot, wasn't he?
2: No... No, he had boots Did on because boots? no, yeah, because he when he, uh, well, because when he kicks, uh, when he tries to face kick the royal guard, the royal guard grabs his foot, swings him around, okay. and knocks him into that giant the thing that shot the the the, the poison blooms into the air. The giant tree like oh, things. Uh,
0: yeah, the yeah the he's spore definitely wearing pods.
2: boots in
4: the movie.
0: Uh that was so well animated. Um, Beautiful, it
4: was. It was gorgeous. It was absolutely the pants gorgeous. pants eating plants.
0: But in
3: the in the Sunbow animated series, he's not wearing boots. Yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. His, to, his first yeah.
2: appearance. Yeah, he's not wearing boots nor mm. a shirt. Um,
3: I think that's also where Stephen's getting his reference from, which I got to say.
0: No, I was conjuring up images of the the, the film, but I was. All oh, like, right. Mm, I couldn't remember if he tried to kick that royal guard with boots on or without.
2: He tried and, and Yeah, the royal guard just grabbed his ankle and stopped him. <laughs> that was pretty hardcore.
0: Yep. And then the other Joes just beat them because of lazy writing. Uh, <laughs> you know. Cobra's greatest uh, enemy. I was
2: about to say, Sunbow logic and shit. Um.
3: <laughs> I feel like we need to put a battle thought um, dude on this vehicle.
4: I was on that thought too. Maybe the guy with the tan and white camo. You know, the, the Tetris shit. Avalanche. I think he would work. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, definitely.
2: Yeah, Avalanche would absolutely belong on that vehicle. And then, well, wow, I mean, if you're doing cold weather, then you'd definitely want Sub-Zero on there. I mean, he carried a giant, you know, machine gun anyways. So, as crew for the Blockbuster, yeah, totally.
1: Mm.
0: And he's badass, man. How many seating positions are there on the Blockbuster? I'm trying to work it out. Um, Two up front. Two up front. Hang on. And then there's a situ there's a, like a station back from that. Yeah, uh, beside the beside the turret.
2: I think you can fit four guys on it, hmm. not including the foot pegs off the side.
0: Yeah, I would put uh, Sub Zero in a more like infantry deployable position so he can jump off in a in a moment's notice. Driver Avalanche. I mean isn't Battleforce 2000 shtick that they're all they're all vehicle drivers, right? So mm. Avalanche is a tanker, yeah. he's a He's a heavy, heavy vehicle guy.
2: Yeah, because uh, Windchill was included with it. Um, okay. So, uh, but I think I think Avalanche is a better choice there.
0: Hmm. So if you have a blockbuster and you don't have a what is it called, the Dominator snow tank? Yeah. You can transplant Avalanche.
2: Uh, yeah, I mean I think he's I think he's a better choice only because really. I think the only reason they never even entertained him at that point was because, you know, in the comic books, Larry Hama killed a bunch of characters off. And, I mean, at that point, the avalanche was extremely dead. But, uh, you know, just going from a non-continuity perspective, which I do because... Look, I've read the comic books. They're great, but they're you know they're awesome, but they're not canon for me. My my own universe, none of that shit's canon. So yeah, I think Avalanche is a perfect choice. Guys,
0: are we overlooking the possibility that this might be useful in environments other than snow? Nothing really screams snow vehicle other than its color.
3: Yeah, I was gonna say the same thing.
0: All the crew positions are completely exposed. Like that's not practical for a cold weather vehicle.
2: No, that's why I think it's a vehicle that got shoehorned. Uh, into that spot, because it's not real well known. But, I mean, it's it's grey, so, I mean, you could put it anywhere. You could put that in an urban environment easily. I mean, if a city mm-hmm. is under siege by a cobra, then absolutely <clears> you could put a blockbuster out there and put so, Shockwave on there.
3: I was going to say, also, I think it's in its name.
2: It's not white.
0: It's, it's grey.
2: Yeah, it's grey.
3: Okay, Because yeah, it looks very white in the pictures, but then again, that's photographs. But I, I think it's also in its name. It's called the block. But to me just makes sense as an urban vehicle. Yeah,
2: yeah I mean, that, that thing could have easily oh, 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 oh. Yeah. been that thing easily could have been a DEF vehicle.
3: I actually, there there you oh, go, I think sense. that's what it was. Hmm. There you go, you heard it here folks on G.I. Joe book. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and interestingly enough, I mean the <laughs> the box art is also not particularly helpful in, in determining its kind of uh, environmental uh, assignment because it's you know it's it's a it's a completely backgroundless uh vehicle art
2: a lot of the characters in, in the especially <laughs> the 93 94 type you know uh, the the box art really they were just putting whoever was available in the line at that point and you know mm. some of it not particularly sensible so um but i i always kind of saw the block Buster as more of like I said, it could have been the DEF vehicle like the Shark 9000 was supposed to be. I mean, mm-hmm. Easily.
3: That pom-pom gun puts me off, but the rest of the vehicle is actually pretty
0: cool.
2: Look at the look at the wheels on that thing. You could take that into any environment and it could mm. I mean it could blow the shit out of Cobra's artillery or whatever's there.
0: Though from a practical standpoint and take this from one who's tried, uh, those wheels, they are hammerhead wheels if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> yep. And, they are and I have my when I was shooting the video for our, our hammerhead review uh, uh, they clog so quickly because of course they're hollow plastic like sand just gets into the hollows So they clog in the inside oh, completely random. completely before before long you are absolutely just dragging this thing through the sand uh,
3: It's, uh,
0: it's that's unfortunate,
3: unfortunate. Damn.
0: but uh, not too many of our listeners are likely to do that with their vintage toys right? Just us crazy loons. Uh, okay sweet blockbuster sorted guys I want to know
1: have
3: I ever seen the rain
0: and actually Paul (laughs) you're exempted (laughs) from this because you fucking hate this vehicle or no you don't hate it you don't like it you're indifferent but in your world it's a single seater who is in the back seat on your Sky Strikers
4: it's an age old question I don't know. I mean, after just just taking in uh, Chapter Five, I think your pick for the backseat was pretty good. Made for good conversation, anyway.
0: She doesn't have a, a mask. She doesn't have a helmet. You know, putting Lady J in the backseat is a great nod to Shakedown, uh, and any time Lady J has had any kind of uh, you know, like aviation story. And yes, she's a charming backseat driver. But if you are a bit more of a stickler for, like, actual military specialty, I don't think it's her thing, necessarily. And I don't think it's Ripcord's thing, either. But that was just, once again, Larry Harmer, like, needing to write around uh, people's specialties in order to propel the plot. You know, he needed Ripcord to, to bail out over Cobra Island for dramatic purposes.
3: Ah, uh, who would be cool there? Man, Wind it's chime? a tricky one.
0: Windchime? <laughs> it's beautiful. The Sounds of Suburbia, brought to you by JD Onesie.
3: I was uh, going to say, it's it's so... Tranquil. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, JD Onesie is going to release an ASMR channel on YouTube. That's right, you can't fall asleep. Well, now you can, with The Sounds <laughs> of Suburbia, brought to you by JD Onesie. <laughs> uh,
0: that's
1: terrible. Hang on.
0: <laughs> Man, why is this so difficult? It has plagued me... For my entire collecting life, anytime there's a G.I. Joe jet with two seats and you only get one operator, damn.
3: I think this is an exception because instead of thinking of military speciality or even aesthetics, I think you have to ask yourself, who are the two characters you want to have a conversation with or want to have a conversation between? So... I think like for example on our on the Atlantis factor you've got Ace and Lady J and that's a great pair up because they're often not together. So it's a great conversation. You know, it, it puts Ace in the spotlight with somebody else. So it kind of becomes a um like a talk show, you know? <laughs> in the cockpit with Ace Starring that kind of thing. But but yeah, that's exactly kind of where my mind goes with it. Like you want, to have, you want to have some cool woody banter between, you know, G.I. Joe's not modest but uh, hell of a hot shot pilot and another one of the Joe's. And maybe there's, oh, Cockpit Confessionals. That needs a new name. But, you know, so I, I don't know. I think that's kind of how I would play it. It's, um, so instead of just trying to think of one dedicated figure that's always going to be there, I think uh, I'd like to have the, the conversation between those two characters. Because that's somebody who's never going to be on the ground. You know, that's somebody who's who's always going to be in air support. So it could be Lady J. And sorry, I'm not trying to sound like um, all like misogynist or patriarchal or whatever. But she could essentially be worried about Flint on the ground. So she's trying to feed as much information as she can from from her airborne activities. And he's doing the same, trying to protect her and Ace you know, from ground activities like Sam sites and whatevers and, and stuff. So, you know, you can have that kind of interplay going. So I think it ends up being not who's the one character you put in the backseat, but who are the ten characters you put in the backseat of your striker? because they're the guys that you're going to have the conversation with, and they're the people you can expand that conversation with, or they become your plot points, or whatevers.
4: My god. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thanks. That is very helpful, Paul. who's in the seat
2: if I am going by military specialties which I am um I'm gonna have to give the back seat to either Ghost Rider or Freestyle Freestyle was the she was created by the G.I. Joe Collectors Club for their Night Force convention set she was Mm -hmm. a fighter pilot Wow. she was technically the pilot for their Night Boomer that they did that year um, Ghost Rider, because the Phantom X, you know what his his jet, I never saw the appeal of it. I always thought it was kind of goofy. I thought he was pretty badass looking. So yeah, I'd make him a, yeah, I'd make him. Yeah, hey, you've like been redeemed. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'd make him the co-pilot for the Sky Striker. Yeah, I mean I can't give I can it to Slipstream that. because he's got the Conquest, and I love the Conquest. So I would, I'd never take him out of his out of his conquest, but I think Ghost Rider was I, I think he was an excellent character. Yeah, I did like the play on his name where nobody could remember what it was because of the, the, mm-hmm. the trademark. But I mean if you um, look at it just based on the pilot that he is, yeah, I think I, I think he's perfect for that second seat in the Sky Striker.
3: Well, they say surgeons are kind of almost psychopathic in that they are very much unto themselves. And they say the same thing about fighter pilots, that fighter pilots are also a little bit psychopathic. And I don't mean this like psychopathic, like they're crazy and they're going to go and kill people. Just they have an extremely focused uh, type of personality and also have a very self-centered worldview. And well, obviously I'm not, I'm not painting using the same brush to paint every psychopath here or every pilot here, but no, you're,
2: you're talking no. about in terms of surgeons, Yeah, they do. They save the life of the patient most of the time, but they don't interact with the patient. They don't get to know, they don't meet that patient's family. They don't interact with that patient aside of uh, doing the surgery on them. They don't talk to them. They don't get to know them. Yeah, fighter pilots, I mean, they, you know, they operate, they, they fly their missions, but you know, in the combat zone, but they don't take they they don't take part in the war effort at large in terms of the camaraderie. Yeah, they're
3: not boots on the ground in the same way. Yeah, exactly, right. So so that's where I would have a bit of a problem with putting like Ghost Rider in the the cockpit and any other pilot in the cockpit with ace because just find it that I just find that like you got two personalities like that in in a small space like that, I just don't think it works.
2: <laughs> well but I'm also thinking, well, alright, look, stop going. Okay, Goose had all the personality that Maverick didn't have. Yeah, uh, true. So so maybe Ace has the personality and Ghost Rider not so much.
3: Okay, um, cool. So and that comes back to my first point as well with
0: that's the conversation, you know, like you know, whoever you add in there is gonna add that personality there immediately. So and if you're thinking practically, if you happen to have a whole bunch of Sky Patrol figures but none of their vehicles, they would make pretty good backseat men.
4: Yeah, because they dress kind of look location. the part.
0: Yeah. Mm, I, I would go with Drop Zone, personally. Uh, he's the weapons expert, as you know it.
2: Yes. Yeah, he's a very good guy. Yeah.
0: To be backseat on a Sky Striker. Basically being in control of the weapon systems, you know, monitoring the radar, and uh, and uh, initiating the lock on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's my guy. <laughs> well, that means Paul, we're just lacking your uh, your aquatic vehicle. Uh
3: oh. guys, I I really was trying to angle towards going with the Moray, and. Mm. All I want to do is put a whole bunch of dreadnoughts on the moray, (laughs) which is sacrilegious to so many uh, of you out there. You know, like they stole the boat for a ride. Sounds about right. (laughs) But I'm seeing this as a great opportunity to deck out my, my Cobra Bug. I have no idea who to put on my Cobra Bug, other than the guys that are on the box art, which, don't get me wrong, are really awesome. But I don't have a Sector Viper. So let's play this this way. Imagine you're putting people on the Cobra Bug, but no sector Viper. Who would you choose? Hydro Vipers. Hydro Viper. Just, just,
0: like, uh, like whitewash the whole thing with Hydro Vipers. If you can. And they don't all have to have their equipment, which is cool. They could just be personnel.
2: Well, and if you don't want to just put the one troop class, well, put Sea Slug on there. Or put... I don't know. If you really want to stretch it, put Croc Master in there. Um, <laughs> hey, great. Um, it's
3: actually a cool idea.
2: I mean, yeah, there's no reason to think that he's not fully qualified to operate all of, you know, Cobra's, uh, you know, water vehicles. I mean, he can't... I can't imagine that he's always on patrol duty with the pack Croc on Cobra Island. I mean, he's got to yeah, get I mean, deployed to the combat zones, too. So... I mean, he's, uh, I think he'd be a perfect addition to the bug.
0: Yeah, and, uh, and I'd put him in the gun turret. Uh, yeah, man. Because then he could have his croc, like, chilling in the, the, the troop section down below. <laughs> be a nasty surprise to any Hydro Viper who wants to, like, get on board. It's like, oh, I'm just going get to get in the back. <gasps> I was
2: saying, you no, mean eating any of the eels or Hydro Vipers that tried to climb on board? Yeah. Um, oh, launch! Nice. Um, yeah, because
3: nice. the European box art sport, uh, sports a Night Viper on the side of the vehicle, and it's got Norga hide. I'm
2: gonna have and, to go with no on that one. Yeah, um, I, I got to <laughs> no. say
3: it's quite an eclectic mix, and I do prefer the loadout for the American box art, which is a Hydro Viper, and Astro Viper, uh, Road mm. Pig, which for some reason um, does actually make sense somehow.
2: <laughs> oh no. yeah, okay, Road pig is fine. The Astro Viper, get the fuck out of here. I'd
3: look pull the sled.
2: <laughs> awful. Uh motor Viper, I mean if you were really want to look at specialties, I mean he could mm. he could easily drive it.
3: Okay, so we, we, we're going, instead of Big Boa, we're going to throw a Croc Master in there. I'm totally down with that. I should put Croc Master on my list. I don't have to because I have one. Yeah, boy. Um, but uh, Hydro Vipers, that's cool. I'm definitely going to add my Hydro Vipers to my Cobra Bug. Eels, I don't know. Version 1 eels seem to be wrong for the bug. Uh, <laughs> the
2: version, The version 2 certainly isn't, though. I think it would fit in nicely on there.
3: Yeah, I'm thinking so too, you know.
0: You know which Viper I always associate the bug with? And you're, you're probably going to be backing me up on this one, Paul, but alley Viper. Oh, yes! Yeah! For the simple reason that, is it not... Is it an alley Viper or is it a Frag Viper in the video game tossing grenades out? Because the sprites always look to me like an alley Viper.
3: I think it is an alley viper. Although we're gonna do, I'm gonna do a playthrough of it again soon, so I'll double check.
0: Mm. Mm. But also on the European catalog, there was an alley viper riding inside the pod. I think it's an alley viper. So sector vipers oh, on a back, yes, jet yeah. ski, yeah. and alley vipers inside the pod. No, the the detachable sub, that one. All oh, right.
3: Okay, that's crazy.
0: Incidentally, I used to, my friends and I used to call that part the bug. That was the bug. The pod was called the bug and the vehicle was like just the vehicle. I don't know. We didn't really call it anything. We always called that thing the bug. The bug's bug. (laughs) Because some crazy guy on Instagram
3: posted a really awesome shot of a Cobra bug fully loaded with Sector Vipers. And I've got to say that's pretty neat. good luck with that. But yeah, good luck with that because Sector Vipers are quite difficult to come by, which is really annoying. And and
0: more so with their glass bubble helmets. So I'm yeah, I'm of course looking for that. alternatives. Yeah. So uh it's a popular notion, but it's not practical. But yeah, like no, like I think it's established that Sector Vipers are a viper class whereas uh, they often get lumped in the same category as Decimator, but I always thought of Decimator as a, a solo character.
2: So did mm. I. I never saw him as a trooper. He was always oh, nice. he was always a character for me. I mean, even when I didn't have one, I just saw him that way. He looked... I can't see a troop glass being outfitted like that. That helmet was so... It looked so custom-made to me that I always saw Decimator as just one guy. Mm-hmm
0: one man. and yet worms worms is not a unique figure. oh he
2: is too he is too I can't oh. see him as a trooper he he's nice he's one of the many drivers that that they had that yeah I always saw worms as one guy no matter what the acronym stood for yeah I always saw him as one guy mm. I mean you're not gonna outfit a whole troop class you know in that spiffy of a uniform with the fruit mm. salad of metals and all that stuff that's not a trooper that's yeah, that's a single guy with a lot of nice.
4: military recognition. Mr.
3: Peanut. <laughs> uh, Kujo, who are you going to put in my bag? Uh
4: Just not functionality-wise, but what was that Ross-exclusive Star Viper, right? Oh, yes. Ooh, that yeah, pyramid that could head cool. could work on one of those running pods you know, to kind of sure, steer yeah, it. I
3: totally would, because it like yeah. looks so creepy.
4: I mean, the the V2 makes sense too, but just to squeeze in somebody that wouldn't normally be there.
3: Where's my list? Star Viper. That is a good idea. <laughs> well, that, con list. Maybe.
4: I, is that our last vehicle? Because I, I did want to ask. Uh, well, yours
3: is the last one, as far as I know. You haven't called a vehicle yet. From oh, but I, no, I,
4: I just had the Night Striker.
3: Oh, that was the only one? Okay.
4: Mm-hmm. Boo! Well, it kind of is all three in one, maybe.
1: Very good. But,
4: uh,. <laughs> No, I was going to ask, is your your list of figures shaping up, JD? Or do you have, like, basically everybody you want at
2: this point? Oh, there's always more stuff that I'm looking for, even if it's not actively and even if it's not on a specific (laughs) list. There's always stuff that I'm, you know, cruising around eBay looking for. Uh, I just got in the mail the convention set that they did of Gaucho, Jammer, and Lifeline, and now I really want... Lieutenant Dolphin and Natalie Poole. That set's a little harder to come by for a reasonable price, but yeah, they're they're on my list. I'm kind of I'm kind of hoping maybe there's a deal or at least a semi deal for them at JoeCon. I'd like to find that set.
4: Is there any club exclusives that you think you're not going to be able to grab after uh, this convention that you're uh, looking for?
2: Actually, a lot of the ones that I'm looking for, you can't you can barely get them now. I'd love a couple of the Red Shadows that they made. From that same year but those are an absolute devil to come by on the secondary market they're almost never on ebay and when they are they're $40 figures um and there were six of them included in the vacation in the shadows figure set and uh they must be in private collections and people aren't selling them off because really all you ever find from that set on ebay you might find flint uh, although he's he's expensive too, but yeah, you see the red. Mm, what the flame? The flame troopers. Uh, the red. God damn it! Not incinerators.
3: Remember. No.
2: Uh, no, the, the the red shadows. Uh, torch. Red shadow oh.
0: flame throws. Mm. Yeah. Oh, um, sorry.
2: Those guys are on eBay sometimes, but the red shadow troopers. No, they're 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 almost non-existent on the secondary market. So, I would love to find even one of them. And then, I mean, if you go back – well, because two years ago, I got out of the modern stuff altogether. It's just it – I have no use for any of it. I liked it right up through Pursuit of Cobra, and after that, all of it lost its luster for me. So, um, I'm back 100% with the vintage stuff, you know, the vintage molds. And there's a ton of the club exclusives that I'd like to get that I missed out on those years. I mean, it sucks because – like I did have Lady J and Falcon from the two thousand and three set at one point, but I haven't seen them in years. I have no idea whatever became of those two. And I'd like to get another Lady J from that set, but even you know, she's stupid expensive. And I'm not paying forty bucks for one figure. I don't care what the figure is. That's ridiculous.
4: <laughs> do they do an O-ring figure every year? They did Sightline last year. Are you anticipating another?
2: You mean from, like, the Black Major and the Red Lasers and all that? Yeah, they've always got new stuff coming out. They're custom figures, but they're factory-made. Yeah, So
3: Black Major stuff is cool.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I love that stuff that they're doing. I don't have Sightline. I made my own because, you know, they're tough to get a hold of. So I made my That's own Sightline using... A lot of the same parts but a lot of that stuff like red laser's got the new set coming out this year where he actually expanded the inventory of the parts that of the molds that have been made so he's got a lot of figures using uh the bearded 1982 head and the clutch torso and the rock Uh and roll bandoliers torso he didn't have those available last year so yeah, I don't buy all that stuff, but I, buy, but I buy a lot of that stuff. I mean, when it comes to the official G.I. Joe Collectors Club O-Ring figures, there's a bunch I'd like to get, but they're just, if they're available, they tend to be crazy expensive because when, I think it was in 2011, when they switched to doing the modern era stuff, and ever since then, their older stuff, their, their O-Ring stuff, yeah, it's, it's tough to get a hold of.
4: Mm-hmm. there's a limited number of them right like people have yeah. to get there and get them
2: yeah they're they're limited and because a lot of them are pretty well done you don't see a lot of excess being sold off Yeah, you know, like i said the red torches you see but that's because that figure kind of went over like a lead balloon nobody's really a fan of it so
0: oh but they look great regardless man
2: I uh, see i like them too
0: Eco Warriors Flint body, right?
2: Yeah, it's yeah, it's got the Eco Flint body in 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 the red, and he uses the head off of. Do uh, you remember that Lego type GI Joe line that they had? The yeah, built to
0: rule.
4: Yeah,
2: it mm. it uses the wild weasel head from that figure, and I think the red Torches, I, I think they're a very cool figure. I don't have a good one, looking uh, head. Um, <laughs> hell, that
0: could be wild weasel. That could be wild weasel. Yeah, ah! I thought
2: that was a perfectly. Uh, passable uh new version of wild weasel and to use it as as a flame trooper i think works very well i don't have a red mm. torch but that's just it's not on my priority list now if i go the joke and that i find one for a decent price you know i might pick one up um because mm. i like that figure but you're but, right
0: those red shadows troopers my goodness yeah they are they're if, incredible
2: if they're on ebay i usually see them for like 50 or 60 each um, but they don't show up very often because it was a well done figure, and there aren't a lot to go around because people bought them and they kept them. So. And black major, good luck. <laughs> I would, I would buy one, but that was just such a. It was just that 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 figure was one that was just screamed lack of effort on the club's part. That I don't right. think the results were particularly good. I mean, it's literally the top half of M Bison with um i mean it's the m bison figure used a unique head sculpt and it used the hardball arms and torso and that's exactly what the black major figure uses uh with different (laughs) with different legs and so it's not a particularly great figure if i could get one he's been outclassed
0: by his troop builder
2: oh totally totally because even the interrogator (laughs) from that set is kind of cool Oh yeah! I mean, it had a nice. removable helmet and underneath was a three and three quarter inch scale version of, of a 12 inch figure. What? So, I mean, it had a lot of personality. I, I, think, I think it was a decent version of the Interrogator. It doesn't have the mystique. What face is that? What? It's a unique head sculpt. They based it on one of the 12 inch, no. one of the 60's 12 inch G.I. Joe figures. So no, the it's to look like so... that. Um,
0: The Interrogator whips off that helmet to reveal none other than G.I. Joe.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's...
0: Mind blown.
2: That version of the Interrogator, it doesn't have the magic that the first version does, but I thought it was a really cool reimagining of him. Um, But it didn't go over particularly well, you know, with the collector's community at large, but I like it. But again, you know, it's hard to come by. You don't see a lot of them.
3: I'd love to get my hands on all of the Force figure subscription stuff and all of the Ninja Force figure subscription stuff, because I think they did, did it really well, personally.
2: Um, yeah, because I think they've only got one of them left to make, and for the final figure subscription service, I think they already said that the 13th figure was going to be Ninja Force. So,
1: that oh, kind of shit. really hmm.
2: only leaves a couple of options. I mean, Ooh,
3: obviously... Guys. Wow. It's
2: prob- <laughs> no, it's probably... It's probably gonna be bonsai, but I don't know. It could be it could be chinzu, or it could be the red ninja. that was actually well, just.
4: Never... In
2: pink and purple. Um, yeah, well, to yes, be fair, please.
3: I mean, we won really good head sculpt away from having that snake eyes because we've never had a good version of that snake eyes before of the, no. the ninja force one.
2: No, in fact, I'm surprised that the club never did that one. Uh, mm. Uh, I'm very surprised that they never did that one um, because, I mean, it is a cool version of Say guys, because uh, the card art is, is awesome. And when it mm. appeared like that in Larry Thomas' comic book, he was always cool. It's just that yeah. the figure yeah. was so completely ruined by the action feature Chicken. that it destroyed the sculpt in that figure. They the same goes yep. with Scarlet. They both had the same gimmick. Yep. And the way they engineered them was so terrible that they made figures that are basically unusable and unforgivable. But yet, uh, speech,
3: yeah, I want know, that skull as well. Yeah.
2: Um, now, the club did a modern version of her. She and knows she's not cool. ridiculous amounts of money on the secondary market. Mm-hmm. Um, but in fact, that set with Megatron and uh, Biggles Jones and all that, that was the last modern era thing that I bought before I switched over to the. The, before I switch back to the vintage stuff but uh, I bought that because it was awesome I mean I love that set. it was great and that no, I don't was, a, was a good figure and and you can tell she goes for ridiculous amounts of money on the secondary market but yeah they never they never updated Snake Eyes so don't know maybe they could in fact I don't think Bub's ever done a Snake Eyes figure
3: yeah I was gonna say I don't think they have either and going uh, uh, I mean one day, one, one day, if I if I manage to become ridiculously rich, I will pick up a lot of those figures on the secondary market. Um, 150 dollars, I mean, like take my money.
2: I don't buy the modern stuff anymore, but there's a couple that I still will get only because I was waiting so long for them. Like uh, the figure subscription version of Crystal Ball and yeah, Bulletproof, cool. I'll get them because yeah. I finally got around them. Um, we figured you
3: would go for Bulletproof. <laughs> um,
2: yeah, well, I mean, it's funny because yeah. you did mention on a previous recent episode that he is my, and he is, he is my favorite Joe. And I liked what they did with him. <laughs> so I will get him at some point when I have too much money and nothing to spend it on, which yeah. will not be any time soon. Because like for your kids are all eBay. in college. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, and Crystal Ball, I've been waiting for him since bigger subscription service. Uh, one, so I'll get him because I'm a huge Crystal Ball fan. Me and, like, four other guys in the world. Um, (laughs) But, um, so I mean, there's modern stuff that I do still want to get, but it's all updates and stuff that I was Hmm. wishing that they would make all along. Same thing with that hardball in the convention set this year. I'd like to get that because... I was waiting for Hasbro to update Hardball, and when they never did, I was waiting for the club to do it, and it took a long time, but they finally did it. So I'd like to get that at
3: some part. point. But Hardball. It's like, it's a, it's a character I don't think I've ever really had much interest in, and then I did, and then I don't know, I've just never chased it, and then I got one in my possession, and I was like, wow, I actually really like this toy. I really like Yeah, I toy.
2: really like Hardball. Um, he's one of those characters that uh, he's a standout for me from 1988. My favorite figure from 1988 is Spearhead, and Hardball is right behind him. So I really like the figure. Uh, not so much the baseball Out of playing, 88, those but... were the ones that jumped out at
0: you. Yeah, you backwards. love Spearhead
3: and you hate Tiger Force. You, sir, are a paradox. <laughs> um,
2: yes, I am. Um, shut up.
3: Uh, uh, yeah. It's okay. Being a paradox is cool.
2: Here's my thing with Tiger Force. The problem with Tiger Force is most of them are so ugly, they look like they threw up on themselves.
3: I have heard these words. If nothing, you you are consistent.
2: (laughs) But, But, you know, the thing is, I make fun of Tiger Force, but a lot of them weren't half bad. It's just some of the choices they made for the team drove me nuts. Even when I was a kid, I hated Bazooka. I still hate Bazooka. And the Tiger Force version of Bazooka does nothing to fix that. But, uh, and I hate Tripwire. I always hated Tripwire. I still hate Tripwire. So, again, Tiger Force version of him does nothing for me. But some of Tiger Force is okay. I mean, I've got Tiger Force Duke because that's my favorite version of, of the original sculpt of Duke. Um,
3: yeah, that is cool Duke. Right. Um, I'm, Steve I'm, actually sent I'm, me onto that toy.
2: Yeah, I so. mean, he's great. When I got back into the vintage figures two years ago, he's one of the first ones that I tracked out. I mean, I always like that version of Duke. I always like that version of Flint. I always like that version of Roadblock. I like the color scheme. God forbid I do not understand why they didn't use the nineteen eighty-six Roadblock. Because they used the nineteen eighty six lifeline for that set, so I don't know why the hell they didn't use Roadblock. Because Roadblock version two in those colors would have been dynamite. But, I don't know, for whatever reason, they use that shitty Dino. sculpt from 1984. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, I know, I make fun of Tiger Force a lot, but it's not bad. I like the international one, that stupid shipwreck they made. I don't even like shipwreck. Oh, like that version of him.
1: Marujo.
2: Um, Marujo. <laughs>
1: yeah, I
2: don't like the character at all, but I really like the Tiger Force repaint that they did for brazil oh, i love I really it like i think that
3: that's figure. my favorite modern era figure seriously
2: and you know oh, what i sorry. like the modern pounder part for it as long as it's not shipwreck then it's great uh, you know he put shipwreck in there and ruins it but whatever yeah jd yeah. buddy
0: we got you started man uh, you yeah. are you are on
2: fire uh, i'm shutting up now
0: no, no, no. We we can we can pick this up. Hopefully, may, hey man, we should we should do this live on YouTube for everyone's
2: edification. We should do this live Maybe. at Joecon and let me talk oh. for like an hour and a half, and people in nice. the audience will slowly but surely get smaller. But those few that stick around till the end of my don't worry, we'll will have a bell. Your true fans,
0: or just have no place to crash that night. Well, mm. eh, sure. <laughs> they start rolling out their sleeping bags. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Gentlemen, this has been issue, issue, haha <laughs> episode 118.
2: Hang on, hang on. Kujo had something to ask me at the end of the show.
4: Oh. Uh, I did ask. I was, I was going to ask what you were going to pick up at the con, if you had something oh, okay. in
2: mind. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've got I got other stuff. I'd like to get a bunch of snow serpents that I don't have to pay $16 plus shipping on. Um, The, the first snow serpent, I really like that figure.
3: I just want um, one.
2: Um, no I like well. I'd like to get a couple of them, but they're stupid expensive on eBay. You know, if they're in decent shape, I don't need the gear. But the problem is, you go on eBay looking for snow serpents without the gear, and you end up with beater figures that they're still charging twenty bucks for because it's a troop builder. It's in shit shape, but okay, it's a troop builder, and I'm not paying you twenty dollars for a shitty snow serpent. But. There's definitely a list of stuff I'd like to get, and some of it's just indetermined, you know, good deal. I might pick it up. Mm.
0: Hmm. Mm. I'm going to nominate and award the most original allocation of the night as a joint prize for Tracker Manning the Sea Line. Hey! So that goes that goes to Paul and J.D., you'll be able to collect your smooch from Kujo's girlfriend. Sour grapes, bitch.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah all, right,
0: uh.
2: <laughs> <laughs> all right then.
0: Yeah, good luck. <laughs> and that's been episode 118 of G.I. Joburg. Thanks for joining us. Uh, if you haven't checked out part five of Atlantis Factor, do check it out. Get on our GoFundMe and you can vote on the plot, characters, and vehicles and equipment that our next webisode will involve. Dun,
3: dun, dun. It
0: could be Modern Era Snake Eyes versus Cobra Commander. Or The Core versus Megatron. <laughs> you decide. <laughs> 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 That's my Yeah, Nice, nice. Alright, boys. Adios.
3: Adios. Adios, adios. Adios,
0: adios, adios.
3: See you soon, guys. <laughs> Rock and roll, Cujo. Have a good one, bro.
0: Good night, everybody. He was gone in a flash. Yeah, cheers, JD. Thanks for joining us, man. Hey, thanks for the engines. invite. This
2: was awesome.
0: Dude, glad. Glad you could join. I can't uh, wait to meet right. you
2: guys in a couple of weeks at of JoeCon. Holy crap. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's just around the corner. This is incredible. Gee, just
3: bring peanut butter cups and I'll like you a lot.
0: <laughs> all coming together. Alright, good a night, Paul, and good evening, JD. Cheers, boys. Good night,
1: Ciao. everybody. Good night.